Why, hello. Hey. What's happening? Oh, you, what isn't happening? Oh, man, so much stuff. Oh, good. Woo! Good. Woo! I'll just I'll just be quiet all show and you can you can tell fill us in. Oh yeah. <laughs> Finally. I think I think we just finished the last show about ten minutes ago. So that's we'll see. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah, I'll tell you my grocery problems. Yeah, uh, that'll that'll get listeners. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait. Mm-hmm. All right. So who's doing this one? This one is uh, you. A me? 483. Uh, that means not me. <laughs> yeah. There we go. 482, uh, that then means... it wouldn't be you. <laughs> That's right. That means not you. That's right. Okay. That all makes sense. <laughs> okay. It's good, it's good that they all rhyme. Yes. It's, it's, it's good that there's a mind device. That's right. Uh, 486, that means... <laughs> Oh well, that it ended. Neither of us get sick. <laughs> it ended fast, didn't it? <laughs> you always have rhyme zone open. On your we do break out in the song every so often, so get on it. All right. <laughs> I like that we are stuck on six. I mean, there's Not a lot. Really. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know. I didn't want to jump on you. It's, oh, is that what it was? Okay, I just you're waiting for me. I just I was like, yeah. pick up sticks. Yeah, magic tricks. Magic tricks, but then yeah. that made sense. I don't. I want something that makes sense. Yeah, I'm over. I'm too demanding of of these uh, impromptu rhymes. Apparently. Okay. I have high expectations. <laughs> something about Asterix and his friend Getafix. <laughs> yeah. friend. You think Getafix is his friend? Hmm. Um. Yeah, I think so. I okay. think Getafix likes uh, Asterix. Who would you say Getafix is closer to than Asterix? I just feel like there's a generational divide there. That's, that's possible. They didn't see the same shows. They don't read, didn't read the same books. Do you think it's a mentor? Uh, yeah, I think know? it's more of. I think he's more of like the the elder uh, kind of the the father figure. Okay. I mean, obviously Obelix is Asterix's best friend. It's true, but can Asterix have a good conversation with Obelix? I guess he can. Well, Obelix is a little, uh, you know. Not that, uh, <laughs> not that bright. But get a fix. Eh, get a fix is, I think, gets high on his own supply. He's probably. <laughs> his name implies a lot. Yeah, his name. Well, now he's panoramic, so, you know. Is that right? Yeah. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. I think you're right. I think we have panoramic. talked about it. Yeah. Cancel culture. Oh, my gosh. It's just <laughs> so affects me so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I'll. I guess I'll start. Or not. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And I'm Ian Boothby, apologizing once again for this hollow log that I'm in, this uh, <laughs> weird uh, doing the show from inside a tin can. I appreciate your patience during these covid times. We'll go back to our uh, top-notch sound yeah. uh, soon enough. Yes. You will no longer be locked in a closet in the dark. Yeah. More and more. Hunched over people, microphone. More and more people I know are getting jabbed uh, by, the, by the needle. And uh, so that's that's all nice to hear. So you know that is in the future. 
And then, you know, we'll be able to eventually talk into microphones. Question. Question. Is jabs a new thing? Is jabs? Oh, no one's saying shots. Everyone's saying jab. What what is wrong with saying shots? Oh, okay. Are they afraid of awakening LMFAO? Uh, No, I think uh, laugh my fucking ass off. No, no, they did that song. Shot, 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 shot. Yeah. No, uh, I think it might be you're trying not to trigger a um, uh, Hamilton song. <laughs> is there a Hamilton song? The yeah. shot, the shot heard around the world. Is that the one? No, no, it's not throwing away my shot. Okay. I think when you say shot, because that song was so popular, uh, people get that in their head. But uh, I like, I like jab. Jab sounds, you know, jaunty. Sounds like a bit of fun. You it know, doesn't. You get your wait shot. a second. But you, it, get, like, you get a shot, and it's like, yeah, ugh, it's all yeah. business. It's all business. I know, but, you know it's like, exactly. Get a jab. Let's go out and get a jab, lads. <laughs> isn't isn't that what you want when you go to get a you go to get vaccinated? Do you want all business? I don't want to go into a laugh factory. No, no. Well, you can get jabbed anywhere. No, you can get accidentally true. jabbed. You can get accidentally shot. I guess don't fool yourself. I guess that's true. That's very true. Uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents, for example. Well. I don't, know if, I don't know if you should. Yeah. I don't, don't know. start that guy talking about it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if like your best argument is then to bring up a fictional example of something. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> you can get shot, you know, like oh, those char- yeah. like those characters in that action movie I was watching the other day. Yeah, I think um, he's also he was he was previously a comic book Dave. A little respect for the world of comics. Batman was there before he was your you know movie star. Um, I would say like when people hear jab, they think of the Jabberwocky and uh, and or Jabberwock. Sorry, I know the movies Jabberwocky. Yeah, uh, the the creature is the Jabberwock. That's right. Um, but that uh, way they es- they got they escaped the uh, copyright. There you go. Yeah. And uh, they go like, oh, Jabberwock, that's nice. Or or <laughs> they think of Jabberjaw, and they go, mmm, Jabberjaw, oh, I tell you. And if they hear shoot, and it's like, oh, think of, like, uh, gun violence. Not happy <laughs> about that. So there you go. All right. If you say so, I, I never made the connection before, but now, to be you fair, made it for me. A jab does sound like it hurts more than a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, we're going to give you a little shot before we start the dental work. Uh, we're gonna give you a little jab. Ooh, I don't like a jab. Before my <laughs> yeah, I know. I just okay. noticed in the paper. I just wondered if it was, you know, like the newspaper. It, it, they've gone back to the days of like having to hand, you know, do manually set all the type in a little uh, square, you know, and, and they're just like, oh, what's a shorter word than shots? That is how they do the internet now. Is they do it uh, Gutenberg style. <laughs> with the uh, yeah. Yeah, it takes a long time, but uh, you, can, you can't argue with the results. People do enjoy the internet. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like there's some people who are just moving there really, really fast. I think in Argentina. I think yeah. that's where they do it. They put the internet together in Argentina. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they, but the thing is, they throw away each of the uh, printing slabs when they're done. It's like yeah. so wasteful. So, ugh, too bad. They didn't Recycle throw- them. They're still good. They didn't throw away the printing slabs. What are you talking about? Oh, on the internet? Yeah, they did. Oh, okay, the internet, they did, okay. Yeah, they like someone types like a U up, and then it's like, toss it out! (laughs) It's like, oh, man! So wasteful. That's like good uh, aluminum they print down. (laughs) Before it goes out into the internet. It's a shame. It's a shame. I was just thinking that it's weird that in the days when it was so labor-intensive to, like, put words on a page... If you look at an old newspaper, it's just like this dense clot of words. And if you look at, like, a modern, modern newspaper... It's relatively 
empty you know it's well you know the pages are they have words on them but they just you know it's not like a it's not like staring into like a word cloud like looking because at one it of those used old... to be it used to be the only place you get the information whereas now it's like this will fill you in on the stuff that you know <laughs> it'll lead you towards other stories that you can find out about on your own you know <laughs> that's I mean, not, that is not how the newspaper deals with it <laughs> you know generally what's going on right yeah okay. that's right we don't need to tell you everything yeah that's the newspaper's job now to send you to other sources <laughs> Yeah, I think it is actually. <laughs> you might want to, you might, you, you know, you're reading, I know you're reading the newspaper, but you might prefer this on the internet. Yeah, it does. It, it does point you towards the internet. There's times that that does happen. Yeah. Whereas like the uh, oldie days, it's like, you know, you got to read it all. And I don't know how they had time, you know, whether they were avoiding, you know, uh, you know, horrible things that were happening because it was the past rogue chimney sweeps attacking them, <laughs> stuff like that. I don't know. Um, I think you're, I think you're exaggerating tech- past danger. I think I, I think I might be. Um, <laughs> speaking of technology, I invested mm-hmm. in a bit of technology this week. Oh, um, you bought Bitcoin? I did not buy Bitcoin because I don't think that's real. <laughs> it's it's real. Nah, it's, I mean I it's don't think so. it's well, it's as real as we want to mm-hmm. make it real. Yeah, yeah, it's all bullshit. So mm-hmm. you know, but but whoever that day yeah. decides. What the bullshit is is like: is it real? Is it bullshit? Is it worth a fortune? Is it worth a nothing? Uh, and also, just the idea that you have to keep your password, or it's now completely uh, like you've got a a million dollars in your wallet. Oh, that's fantastic! Do you yeah. remember how to open your wallet? No, too bad. Doesn't mean anything now. <laughs> oh, can I get my password? Nope, never. Oh, oh shit! Really? At all? No. Is it a complicated password? It is. Oh well, fuck. So nothing? Yeah, it's gone. Your money's all gone forever. Oh, who gets that money then? No one. No one gets it. Seems like someone probably profits off that. Yeah, probably they do. Well, bye. Okay, that's the way that works. So no thank you. Um, No. I have another guess for you then. Did you happen to purchase one of of Grimes' NFTs? Uh, 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 New fucking thing? Uh, Non-fungible tokens. Is oh that- yeah, 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 yeah! I heard a little bit about this. Why don't you tell me what what it, what that actually is? Oh, it's so complicated. It's like a it's another one of those blockchain things, but now it's yeah. people can now sell works of art or moving images, but they only yeah. exist as as a something that only one person can own, and then you can buy them. And everyone's investing in these things. Like it's just like tulip craze uh, writ large in front of your eyes, and people are spending like you know millions of dollars. Like I think. Grimes got like six million dollars selling some paintings as NFTs, and people just you know people just you no. Know, apparently, there is so much money uh, in the hands of people with so little uh, to do that it's, like, it's really strange. Anyway, it's it's far outside of our realm, but it's one of those things that are so complicated sounding that you don't understand how you could profit from it. And yet, uh, I I was reading um, this fellow. Okay, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say his name just because I might get it wrong. Um, but but he was he was writing to our friend David Fine, okay, uh, saying, "Hey, here's here it is," and he was like in depth explaining it, mm-hmm. and and it's like, okay, yeah, I, I I'm getting the gist of this, and the gist I'm getting is it's gambling. That's fine, it's gambling. It's gambling. <laughs> well, you're, you're not you're not gambling there. though. As the artist, you are you are mm-hmm. you are selling your work to someone. And what's the one yeah. interesting thing about it is, say, unlike if if uh, you say say you were say you were um, Van Gogh. And you sold okay. your you sold your sunflower painting for a hundred dollars. Okay. And then ten years later, someone sells it for fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You don't. You still got a hundred dollars for it, and that's all you'll ever get. 
Right. I, I'm I'm dead by this point, right? <laughs> no, not necessarily. I'm Van Gogh. I'm dead. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, we'll dead. let's say a Jackson Pollock then, and where you uh, saw your art rise in value more quickly. It, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying you. No matter who you were in the past, by selling your artwork, it was a one-time only deal, and you never you never got anything else from it. But with NFTs, whenever that item gets sold, you get a percentage of that sale price. Okay. So you still make money from your art, even after you sell it the one time. Every other time after that, whatever you know, it's whatever kind of fake economy it becomes part of. Sure. You do you get to benefit from that. Yeah, I, it's a there, it's a no risk for artists. It's the people who are investing in the in these things as okay. as if they have actual value who are putting themselves well, at risk. Well, okay. Now you say it's no risk for artists. Here, let me run this by you. Sure, sure. That is, if you are in fact selling. Okay, so say. Uh, I don't want to get the Van Gogh. Let's go to the Van Gogh thing that you had. Okay. So say Van Gogh, like I realized Van Gogh didn't really make, make money in his lifetime, so yeah, that's yeah. weird that I'm bringing stuff. But let's say he did. So, <laughs> okay. like, so Van Gogh is going to sell his uh, his painting yeah. sometime, uh to a fella. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, but the fella knows, the fella knows, mm-hmm. that Van Gogh knows that uh, if he resells it for, for more money, uh, which he probably will because he's the kind of guy who wants to resell it. Yeah. Then Van Gogh's going to make some money. Yeah. So Van Gogh is not going to uh, go. All right. I know that this is the only chance I'll have to make money off this painting. So I gotta, I gotta go top dollar, top dollar selling it to this fella. Yeah. No, Van Gogh goes. Ah, I'm investing as well. So I'm going to undercut myself, but yeah. knowing the future profits that I will make makes sense. So in that way, Van Gogh is gambling. On his own work, he's not selling it for what the amount would be that he normally would, mm. uh, and so you know, and, and in the hopes that you know this fellow knows what he's doing. So I guess, it, I it, guess it, it's it, possible, it's but yeah, I guess that's possible. But there's no there's no reason for you to sell for less than what you would normally would ask for a painting. Yeah, I suppose. yeah of course there is because you want to sell. Okay, because it, it, your work is more appealing mm-hmm. to this person who's buying it. Yeah. If like if there's a pair of because you're you're not the only artist in the world. If I'm next to another artist, we yeah. both are of equal value, and mm-hmm. we're both trying to sell equal uh, paintings. I okay. Would, I would then undercut possibly to to uh, the, to invest in the future. Uh, and not sell it at the top amount that it would uh, it would be for. I would I would think yeah. because I know there's future profit to be made. Well, it's possible, but I well, mean here's the thing: like I, I work okay, so I work in I work uh, as a writer. Yeah, and you know uh, other work I've done in the past has just been like straight out. You know, when I worked on The Simpsons, I don't get any royalties. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the amount of money I'm making, and that's it, and I'll never make money off that again. So you know, when we're negotiating how much I'm going to make for that. I got to go, mm-hmm, that's what that is. But if I'm working for another, like uh, a company now, uh, like Scholastic, uh, there are royalties. So if we're negotiating how much I'm going to make as a writer now, I go, well, Scholastic, you know, does have all this distribution and they've got book fairs and they've got this and that. So I could get paid less as a writer now, knowing that they've got, uh, you know, the way in the future to make me more. So I would then undercut myself a little bit now or not fight too hard to get the, as much money as possible now uh, because I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no, this makes sense. It makes sense to uh, to do this. That, even though I am gambling, Yeah. you know, uh, maybe there's like COVID and then all bookstores close or 
or what have you, or like, you know, all of a sudden people don't like books about cats who dress as dogs because of that horrible incident where that crazy person stuffed cats into dogs, you know, stuff like, oh, we all feel bad about that. We don't like thinking about that. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So that's what it kind of feels like, you know, it's a, it's, it's all, it just all feels like gambling. I mean, it's nice if it sells art and people want it and, that's that's okay. I think yes. the, I think the problem I have with it is the exclusivity of the artwork. Then, not necessarily the the images. I mean, but I think in, more in terms of like the music and stuff like that is you know it's it's not nece- you know it's not not necessarily that it'll be exclusive, but it could be just exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like when um, the Wu Tang Clan made that album for that guy that yeah that reprehensible farm you know pharmaceutical guy. They made a album for for him, and no one else has ever heard it but that guy, and I guess right. his, and I guess his friends, you know. And that to me feels like that's a loss to us as music music, you know, people who like that group are like, whoa, there's an album that that they made, but we'll never hear it because this guy owns that album, and you know, and he's the sort of person who rather than go, hey, I got an album. Everyone, listen to this. It's really cool. He's like, "Haha, I have this album, and only I I can listen to it." S- sucks to be you. Yeah. And I and I feel like that's that's a a certain amount of this uh, is motivated by a sense of exclusivity, you know. And that's the value of this stuff as well, is that it's the image belongs just to you, you know, and you can choose to do what with it what you want. But but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can think that, but of course, museums are basically stocked with paintings that aren't owned by the museums they're owned by collectors who then lend their collections to to museums so they can be viewed by the public to a degree but there's also a lot of paintings that are hidden from sight that we will never see again because they're owned by people who just hoard them and only like to sit in the chair i guess and just gaze at them in their own house now um that was of course martin screlly who owns the wu-tang album and he's a big piece of shit and he's in jail so (laughs) so so do you know where the album is now? I assume it's his in his possession still. I mean, why wouldn't still it be? Still got it. Like uh, when when he got you know what what did he actually get busted for? Do you remember? I don't remember. Yeah, I just wonder if like any of the you know, if he had to sell it for anything or whatever. I oh, guess, I mean that's uh, possible. I mean you know it's but it, you know he didn't do anything like it wouldn't wouldn't have been like considered a proceeds of crime or something like that where it would have to be it would be taken by the government. So. Oh wait, he had to turn. Okay, he turned over. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm reading uh, CNBC. Okay, this is like uh, 2018. Martin Screlly must forfeit 7.3 uh, million dollars. Turnover stake in ultra rare Wu Tang Clan album. Really? Judge. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Once upon a time in Shaolin. Uh, oh. Also had to turn over the uh, Lil Wayne album. Uh, the Carter V or the Carter Five, I don't know, and a painting by Pablo Picasso. Huh. So, uh, oh, and Screlly's lawyer last year, uh, the previous year, said the album is probably worthless. Trying to tell that to the judge. Judge did not buy it. So I am not sure who has that album now. Yeah, huh? that is. A... If anyone knows, let us know. We're let... curious. Dave, maybe we have it. We should check. Have you checked? You got a lot of albums. You might have it. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't you have do it. You do go to used record stores sometimes. You might actually have it by mistake. So I guess they got a million bucks to make that album. And they sold it for two million. They sold it for two million. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if I was those guys, I would do that. 
Yes, yeah, that's fine. I don't begrudge them. A comfort is comfort is nice, but yeah, that's that's, a, that's okay. But I do I do think that when that guy, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, I, I think he should have had some time to gloat over it than than share it. You know, I'm sure he really enjoyed it. I'm sure he like played it. And went, like, oh you my know? gosh, he! I'm sure that's his whole life is is based around that kind of pleasure. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> It's a good, solid guy. It's weird that, like, one, he... Okay, first he looks evil. Like, it's when you when you get that real perfect mashup of, like, well, that guy looks like an 80s villain. Completely. And then he's like, his name's Shirelli. And it's just like, yeesh! That's an 80s uh, villain name. 100%. That guy. Oh, awful. So, uh, yeah. Then, then he's, like, holding back AIDS drugs. It's like, oh, my God! What the... <laughs> what the... What? What? What the who the what now? Yeah. So uh, I'm again, I'm, but he's in jail. So that's good. Yay. I think <laughs> so apparently there's a book called Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, the untold story of Wu-Tang Clan's million dollar secret album, the devaluation of music and America's new public enemy, number one, by a guy named Cyrus Bozorgmer, who was senior advisor of the hip hop group Wu-Tang Clan. Oh. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this as a music lover. I'm interested. All right. Uh, so they make this album. Yep. They give it. To, they don't give it. They, they sell sold, it. They sold it. Yeah. Right. They sell it, and the big, the big drag to the world is, well, we don't get to hear that music. Mm-hmm. That's sad. We want to hear that music. Yeah. Okay. Smash cut to Prince's house where he's got a vault. Yeah. And he's got all this music in it. Yeah. That he made. Yeah. And we don't get to hear that either. And there's all this wonderful Prince music that's in there. We don't get to hear it. We don't get to see the videos he shot. We don't get to see any of that stuff. I mean, you think like, well, oh, this is going to trickle out eventually. This is the plan. It, it like is trickling out. It is trickling out. Is it trickling? Yeah. They released that piano and microphone, which was just yeah. a recording he made in his studio, just him sitting at the piano uh, playing songs, like songs we've never heard before. And then when they just released a deluxe edition, uh, well, they released a deluxe edition of 1999, and that mm-hmm. contained a lot of stuff that hadn't been heard before. And then the new version of of uh, Sign of the Times is like a massive, I think it's five discs set, that's got not just Sign of the Times and a remastered version of it, blah, 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 but it also has like a lot of the original songs that were going to be on it when it was supposed to be a three-record set called Crystal Ball, which was which still featured the revolution at that time. So it's, you know, it has the original group of the Prince had at the time of, of Purple Rain and whatnot. And then, uh, and then he like, you know, he um, fired the group and then did the album by himself. But that has, so all that stuff is kind of coming out now. Now, now that he's gone, uh, you know, there's been more access to the vault and, and things are starting to trickle out. Now, I mean, he's, he released stuff over time, you know, with like emancipation. And I think there was a, another like, big long set called crystal ball that he released later on, but it was different than the, the, the crystal ball that became sign of the times. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear stuff's coming, but that stuff is coming out. And I Maybe agree with you. The idea that there's all this music that's like, yeah, you know, just in a vault. It's yeah. Like, yeah. As a long time Prince fan and someone who up to a certain point, I think, I think I, I think I jumped off the bus around graffiti bridge, but I have like all of his like singles, like 45s. And then I have all of the, the, the full, like the, album size singles as well, extended singles, because I, I wanted all of the B-sides and stuff when I was growing up. And then I also wanted the edits on <laughs> the 45s. But anyway, you know, I always, I've you know, I used to spend a lot of time, not a lot of time, but I used to spend, uh, you know, an, a disproportionate amount of time thinking about Prince's vault and what was hidden in there and how interesting it would be to hear all that stuff. You know, things like he recorded with Miles Davis 
you know, and that's in the vault. And that would be interesting to hear, even though I'm not a big fan of Miles Davis of that time period. It would still be interesting to hear what, what they did together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully over time. But, I, I, you know, I would, I, at the same time, I want them to do it tastefully, because I feel like if you just flood the market with prints, uh, you know, offcuts and things that he didn't release, then you're kind of devaluing uh, prints. You know, you're just kind of like, it's just like, going to just be this sort of vomit of, of material is just going to pour out, which I think he was aware of too, and kind of held back that I did to a degree, although the 90s for him was just like this constant barrage of overly long albums and hugely ambitious. Um, I think he was one of the first guys to try selling stuff over the internet too, right? Uh, could be. Yeah, you, you'd know that more than I would. Because Crystal Ball, I think, was a, was a internet, like a, you, ha- you know, like a, you had to go to his website and, and purchase it there. That sounds right. Yeah. And but I think it was still a physical thing though. You weren't like getting a download. You were just you were ordering the physical album which would be mailed to you. But he was just trying to like get get rid of all like all record company interference, you know, mm-hmm. but it didn't really work out very well for him. I think partly cuz the quality control took a real dip then. He was just kind of like, you know, he's just I don't know, he just wanted to get music out there, I guess. After his time spent uh, fighting Warner Brothers, he had a lot of uh had a lot of backlog of songs, I guess. Well, I'm glad that, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was one of those guys who was always fighting the fight back in the day. Of course, he'd get rid of his name. <laughs> Nothing else. It'd becoming a symbol mm-hmm. and such things. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Well, that's the thing, of course. I mean, you know, he willingly signed to Warner Brothers in the late 70s, you know, because that that was... Makes sense. It made sense. They were, they were, they were a well-respected company in terms of artist relations and stuff like that. They had a, they had a very um, good record of that. They always treated uh, Bugs Bunny very well. <laughs> That's right. Well, you've seen he's always sitting poolside. Yeah, yeah, but Daffy Duck not as much. It no, no, no. Like the, well, the it all it all went up his bill. Oh, you think? Oh, you think? Uh, yeah. Daffy did a bunch of blow. <laughs> I didn't say that. How it's, would he? Yeah. Because like he's got he his nostrils on the top. Sure. So sure. how do you do that? Would he have to go upside a down? A funnel. To, to snort coke? Yeah, a funnel. Hmm. You know what? That does make sense. Because yep. he used to be more of a fun-loving guy, yeah. right? So I think he was doing like goofballs or some other kind That's of right. drug. Then he became and a then, funnel-loving guy. Yeah, but then, yeah, it makes sense like you know, that, like that. But then in the <laughs> 50s, that's that's kind of a, an angry cokehead. He's just really, uh, <laughs> you know, very bitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot more sense. I think he's gotten clean lately and he's mm. kind of... He's Smell going back more towards the goofy side of things a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen that that uh, Looney Tunes Christmas Carol? He is he is uh, intense. What does he do in the Looney Tunes Christmas Carol? He's the Scrooge character. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the go getter business businessman who's just a big. That's meanie. A, that's bad casting. I don't buy. It. I I don't really like it either. I'm not a big fan of that uh, thing. No, that's no good. It's also the emptiest world you'll ever see. There's oh just, yeah, yeah. They didn't draw anything in the background. There's just nothing. In the, no, there's no people. Like it's supposed, to, it's supposed to be like in a store on Christmas Eve night or something like that. And it's just yeah. like it's like it's like a tomb. It's no one there. Yeah, no, no, no. This is okay. Look, you either for Scrooge then have to go Elmer or Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam's not the best call. No, like Elmer. Elmer, you could probably pull off. He's an older guy. You know, you can see him. Being, right. You gotta stay wait. You gotta stay wait and come in early tomorrow. He's well, it's Bugs Bunny who's the Cratchit in the story. I feel like Elmer Fudd would also make a good Cratchit then, rather than a a Scrooge. I don't know if he doesn't quite have the. Who would be a good Scrooge then? You need someone from the main cast. What about yeah. Sylvester? Sylvester would be better. Mm, that lisp gets gets on your nerves. <laughs> <laughs> 
So to be fair, Daffy's got the same list. Yeah, exactly. And Elmer Fudd isn't much better with his with his uh, speech yeah. impediment. All right, all we know is for sure it's not Foghorn Leghorn. We can't take that for a whole damn movie. Um, <laughs> I, I see. I, yes. Okay. No. Yeah. Here's what. Oh no 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 no. Oh, you got it. You got it. Main cast. Here, yeah. It's now I got it. It's main cast. Okay. I got it. It's okay. perfect cast. Sure. And you're going to hear it, and you're going to at first go no, and you're going to be wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. This is who it is. Okay. I'll tell you who it is. Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian Devil. So, uh, <laughs> How could that so work? Like, Bob, everyone else is really, uh, you know, old timey. Yeah. And Victorian. And yeah. just like, oh, it's Christmas. Christmas uh, gathering money for the poor. And then, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, all right, we don't need your money. Blah, 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 blah. All right, I'll come in early tomorrow. Blah, 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 blah. And you never hear what he said. Like, he just reacts yeah, yeah. to everything and just like, Everyone's like taken aback and they're just like, right, right, jeez. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Mankind, mankind was my business. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be roast beef. You ate a lot. You're right. I, I can't say it. Just go to bed. Go to bed. You'll be visited by three. And then like the ghost just pass. like, I don't want to go see him. I don't want to do this. It's like, I love the idea. Job. The best part, you though. do it. The best part is the the ghost of Christmas future who doesn't speak. So it's just <laughs> him pointing at a tombstone. Blah blah blah. Falls falls face first on it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, you get uh, I forget what the two um, the things are underneath his robe, but they uh, are yes. the ones talking. Was it want yeah. and want? Two, oh, no, here's what they are. They're the two gophers. Hunger. Hunger and want. Hunger and want. Yeah, they're the two gophers. Like, well, I'm hunger. <laughs> I want. After you. Terrible under here. Simply terrible. <laughs> just like, oh, you give it. Oh, you're damned forever. I know. Awful. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. They have the go, go, go. Uh, no, they're not the go, go, gophers. Uh, but there's the something gophers. Uh, and yeah, they're under. Oh, that'd be great. Them is that. Those characters. I love that. That's good stuff. They don't. Okay. They don't. They 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 update it. They it's a it's a mo- it's a modern retelling in the in the uh, Looney Tunes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. updated uh, Lola Bunny, uh, and there's all this controversy over it now um, uh, because uh, they're doing Space Jam too. So they've taken away her breasts because she was like a real curvy bit of business in Space Jam. Okay. And it's it's made for a lot of awkward conversations with people who were like. Oh, I remember Lily. <laughs> a lot of that, and it's like, what do you mean? It doesn't matter. She's she's good anyway. So they've uh, they've they've tr- they've trim- smoothed out the edges. Smoothed out the edges. There's your cancel culture. Smoothed <laughs> out the edges on Lola Bunny for the, for the, for the huh. Yeah, because you know she never really she never really took off as a character. Um, never really caught on. She was there was a remake of like the Looney Tunes recently. Where Kirsten Wig, I believe, played Lola Bunny, and it was dark and funny, and she was so dark and weird. That was good. But uh, aside from that, that you know, Lola Bunny never really. I don't know. What do you What do you gotta do? Bugs Bugs. I don't think Bugs fancies the the ladies. It's weird <laughs> seeing him with a girlfriend. When you mention he's Bob Cratchit, you know, I know we're gonna see him with his family, and I'm gonna go, nope. Yeah, I know that's nope. <laughs> Sham marriage. Nope. <laughs> Don't buy it. So was Lola Bunny? Was she supposed to be Bugs' girlfriend or something? 
Uh, not necessarily, but okay. uh, she was the, she was a sexy uh, lady bunny that you know helped them uh, win the Space Jam. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did, now let me just ask: Did you see Space Jam? No. I was living in Halifax at the time, and if there was a movie in the theater, we went to see it. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. It's winter in Halifax. Go <laughs> see a damn movie. Yeah. And so everyone in town would go see the movie. And so, yeah, we saw Space Jam. Hmm. It was, uh, you know, it was what it was. You, you, you go. There's, oh, there's Bill Murray. No, yeah, that's funny because uh, he was a baseball player for a while. He wasn't good. Yeah, that's that's, that's acceptable. <laughs> I guess this is fine. It's fine. It's, uh, what are you going to do? It's a movie. Popcorn's good. <laughs> so uh, um. Yeah. Yeah, it's one, it's one of those films, sorry, I was going to say, it's one of those films that um, people, like, obviously is a rite of passage for a certain age of person, but I I missed it. It's okay. It's one of these two where, and again, this is all young people today, or, you know, not even young people. Uh, this is, this yeah, young people today. Okay, if anyone complains about, like, oh, shows now aren't as good, well, first of all, they're wrong. They are really good now. But, like, if uh, if there's any complaints about, like, movies like Space Jam, and just like, well, how did you like this? Uh, you know, you say, and then you can always go back to the Disney Channel and go, let's watch some old Disney movies. Let's, <laughs> let's watch the Shaggy DA. Let's see how that holds up. <laughs> From the theme song, straight down. It's like the theme song's great, and then straight down. I haven't, I haven't tried that because, you know, we've talked about it before, but watching the computer who wore t- tennis shoes, which, of course, I liked a lot as a kid. Yeah. But seeing it as an adult, I was just like, why was I so interested in this movie that is about this unpleasant Dean? Like, it's just so weird. It's like, as a kid, you are somehow able to ignore adults, even in movies. And what you remember is just the kid's hijinks. Like, it, if you'd asked me to describe that movie, which I'd seen, unlike Nina, who described it without seeing it, mm-hmm. I would have left out most most of the Dean's business in the movie. Because it's this meaningless to me. What I would have remembered were, were the... You know, like the kids spying on, on the meeting. Uh, most importantly, Dexter getting electrocuted and becoming a computer. That's sure. that's his epic, epic part of the film. Uh, another epic part, him somehow being damaged and he can't like, he's like a spring or something like that. Actually, I never finished watching the movie the second time. I When I tried to watch it like more recently, I didn't finish it. I turned it off because I was, I was so bored. I just can't, yeah, it's, 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 can't it's do it. I can't do it. Yeah. I've seen it before and I saw it. There's no point. Yeah, Cesar Romero's, I think, okay. Look, here's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a thing. It's a movie. No, it's the, the guy, problem. that Joe Flynn as the dean yeah. is great. Yeah, he tries his best. Yeah, he's just fantastic. Like, he's a great character actor. Well, but like, well okay, let's not go nuts. I don't want, like, a whole movie of that garbage. He's selling it hard, but, like, his character goes <laughs> all over the map of just, like, what's his motivation? No, but I, I, yeah, but that's the that's a movie. I'm talking about his party, you know, like, his acting and stuff like that. You know, he does a good job as that character. Yeah. But I don't want to watch a whole movie of that character. Like, he's, unfortunately, he's a reactor character, and they yeah. made him basically the lead. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. We don't make Norman Fell the lead. We don't do that. We want him like going, oh, you know. It's the reason Margaret Dumont never led her own comedy. She was not the lead. <laughs> she was a reactor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. It's true. It's true. And uh, you know, but it, this shows you that that time period where it was things that were made for kids more commonly featured old people than they feature kids. Well, you're when you were a kid, like okay. 
I remember like when I was uh, young-ish. You don't. Um, and I'd go to a movie, and if the movie had a bunch of kids in it, yeah. that would be off-putting for me. Really? It would just be like, ah, it's a kid's movie. <laughs> it's a kid's movie. Right? You want to go see a movie that's a movie. You don't yeah. want to see a kid's movie. Like, you want to go see Star Wars. You yeah. don't want to see little Star Wars. <laughs> you don't want to see the Ewok adventure. Don't you like it more? What about Bugsy Malone? in the Ewok. Oh, yeah, Bugsy Malone. <laughs> no, Bugsy Malone. <laughs> well, my dad yeah. had strong objections to Bugsy Malone when we saw it. Um, like, like, what, based on what ground? What, what was it? Where was grounds? That it was uh, that it was gruesome violence, but just with pies, and they've covered up the gruesome violence with pies, but it's still violence, and he had issues with violence. It wasn't pies; it was uh, the the machine guns fired uh, whipping cream. Okay, which gets you the same effect as a pie, but okay, yes. Which, as a kid, I found fa- I never saw the movie as a kid because mm. I, I wasn't allowed to because it was too violent. There is that one good song in it <laughs> that I uh, yeah that's uh, yeah it's a good there's a good song in it. Um, and then, you know, he, uh, Scott Bale got hit so hard, uh, in the face with whipped cream that he became right wing, strongly right wing. <laughs> I think Judy that happened when Foster, he got money. Uh, ducked, I believe. And so she was okay. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Or maybe she didn't. Maybe she's right wing too. I don't know. She's pals with, you know, uh, Mel Gibson. I don't know. She might be. I don't, I, I don't know. I, don't know. Well, I think she's working pals with, with, with Mel Gibson. So. Yeah, there's this, you know, there's these situations in show business where a reporter will say to you, "Oh, what do you do? You endorse what they've said?" And you're like, "What are you gonna do? You gotta, go <laughs> like, you gotta somehow do a dodge on that and just like, you know, this nice person, the, the person was nice to me. Yeah. Nice. I, if I go down this road, I'm gonna be like cutting off everybody. Yeah. And and Jodie Foster knows. What's she gonna say? She's gonna say he directed me in Nell. Is that what she or he did something? He helped her in some way. He sure. he, and she was. I think she was directing a movie and she needed help, and and uh, he helped her. And yeah, she always... and he cast her in Maverick, which you know is a just a groundbreaking role for her. Everyone remembers <laughs> her in Maverick. Whenever you think Maverick, you think oh the Jodie Foster movie. Yeah, Maverick. That's what. It Maverick. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it probably brought some attention to her that she had. You know, she had kind of uh, she needed maybe that time in her career. Who knows? Yeah. But then there's a Robert Downey Jr. story she where he was... Of, uh, she was three years earlier in Silence of the Lambs. I think she was fine. Oh, was she in Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, I guess that's right. She was. I mean, yeah. I know she was in Silence of the Lambs, but I didn't realize... Confused was I didn't realize it was that close together. Before then, and I think she won... Yeah, she won the Best Actress. No, no, I know she did. But then, then it feels like she kind of went into more in the directing. Although she was in Contact and stuff like that. I guess she was acting up a storm in that time. Yeah, then Anna and the King, and that wasn't so so good. Um, but then there's the Robert Downey Jr. part of it, where he wanted he, no one would hire him, and and then uh, Gibson gave him the role in the Singing Detective, and that was part of the the jump start that got him back into back into being respectable again. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's people that there. I guess they feel like they owe him something and don't want to just throw him out the door. So yeah, so friendships are complicated things. It's hard to. Um, Friendships are complicated. Debts are complicated. <laughs> Do you say deaths or debts? Debts. Yeah. D-E-B-T-S. Yeah, yeah. When someone does something for you, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily that you want to excuse the other things they've done, yeah. but you're like, I owe them. Yeah. Would this constitute me paying what I owe? <laughs> this part, what I'm doing right now. Yeah. yeah. Or do I owe the world <laughs> to <laughs> warn them about this person. What's, how, how do you go about that? Yeah. 
don't know. Anyway, Jodie Foster's doing fine. She's doing. Yeah, she's got that new movie, The Mauritanian. I think she won. She won a, a Golden yeah. Globe for it, didn't she? Yeah, and then she uh, kissed her wife, and you're like, "Hey, that's nice." Because normally you play all that stuff down. Good for you. Jodie Foster's gay. Mm-hmm. But only if she wins an award. <laughs> that's very specific. Yeah, very and specific. When she won the Academy Award, she was like gay for a year. <laughs> it's like such a big deal to her. But only if she wins an award. If she if she doesn't, then uh, you know she's she's bi. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Sure. I get, I get I've you. Heard, I've heard nice stuff about uh, about her from people who have worked with her mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, no this, one has bad things to say about her. And then if you uh, watch any uh, oldie-timey TV show mm-hmm. from like the late 60s to the early 70s, mm-hmm. she's in every one of them every second episode. She's the workingest well, person ever. I think, I think you're exaggerating slightly, but yeah, she was, definitely was a working actress. All right, I will challenge you now. Tell me a show <laughs> yeah. from the early 70s. Yeah. She wasn't in. Go. Any show, go. Oh, I'm sure she was in. I, she was. Was she okay? How many shows was she in? More than two episodes. All right, fair enough. I did a little bit of comedy <laughs> exaggeration. <laughs> yes, she's very good. Okay, here's a question. Okay, is John Hinckley out of jail yet? I don't believe so. Okay, I do not believe so. All right. I don't All right. think he will see the light of day. Okay. That guy. Oh wait. Ah. Uh... He is released, yes. What? Yeah, he's out. That seems crazy to me. 2016. How come Squeaky Fromm is still in jail? Uh, his name? <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. They got, they got it mixed up with the greatest American hero. Yeah, he lives uh, full-time with his mother in uh, Williamsburg, uh, Virginia. Huh. Yeah, he's got uh, some uh, restrictions, yeah. but he was considered no longer a threat to himself or others after he got uh, uh, psychological treatment. It's good. He can't go anywhere near John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, that's right. Buffer zone. Uh, and Hinkley also recorded a song called "Ballad of an Outlaw." Uh, <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> okay. God, God, I what I was so it was so I really liked the fact that when that happened, magazines like Rolling Stone and other other publications refused to say his name. Feeling like they're only encouraging. Are you thinking of the person who shot John Lennon right now? Oh, I guess I am. This is the guy who shot Ronald Reagan. Sorry, I was getting mixed up. Here's what I like. Was like John Hinckley. Like he's confused. He can't go near John Lennon. Like, oh, that's interesting. I'm sorry, I was confused. I was confused. I still want to say fuck him though. Okay, but yes, he shot at Ronald Reagan. That's right. I forgot about that. I forgot. How did I forget about that guy? I was getting mixed up with someone else. I don't want to say his name. Oh, and, and, and you shouldn't. And there was an actor with his name that uh, auditioned for the part of John Lennon and something. And then they found out that that was his original name. He had changed his name. But that was his original name. And then he, he lost the role because of his name. Wow, really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the other guy you're talking about was denied uh, parole. He was eligible parole. Uh, 2000 and uh, and uh, no dice. Mm. Yeah. Okay. He's got a, he's got a 12th parole hearing scheduled for August of 2022. So mm. there you go. Okay. So John Hinckley like, was the uh, one who one who uh, fired, but he didn't kill anyone. So I, I guess Hinkley, I can see him bringing him up was yeah. he shot Reagan. Yeah. And he also shot uh, Brady. Not, yeah. 
of the Brady Bunch, but, uh, <laughs> Peter, uh, but he Peter shot, Brady. And Jody Foster, who was on the Brady Bunch, uh, I think at least two episodes. Um, <laughs> but uh, she yeah, played he twins. Shot, he shot, uh, he shot Reagan, yep. and as said, it was to uh, get the attention of Jody Foster. That is why. That yeah, no, no, I, I remember what you're saying now. Yes, that's now it's all making sense to me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was clueless there for a minute. I, not at all, sir. I, sir, I am not at all. You found my weakness, which is true crime. I, I have no, I have no, I have no uh, true crime understanding. It is why this podcast will never be super successful, <laughs> because that is what these podcasts have to be. Are you, are you a big fan of true crime? No, not at all. I don't. No, fuck them. I don't care. <laughs> That's what I feel like. I don't want to hear that shit. That's what I feel like. I don't don't like uh, criminals very much. Yeah. And I feel bad for the people that got hurt by them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, um, I I mean, listen, if there is a story of someone who's very cleverly figures out a way to save people um, from someone uh, because of detective work or what have you. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, there's something to that. But I think that it plays too much on the you know, the grisliness of the things that happen. And yeah. It's just not for, yeah. No, I mean, I, I get it in the same way that people, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a visceral reaction you get to it and, you know, people like it and it's, it's fine if they like it. It's fine. But uh, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not my bag. Yeah. It's weird. Like I, I read um, Ed Sanders, the, the member of the sixties counterculture band, the Fugs, also a poet and a, a novelist, but he wrote, this book about the Manson family. It was the first book about them called The Family. And I read it. I found it at Valley Village, a hardcover version of the original printing of it, which was kind of interesting because it had chapters that were cut out of the later editions. Mostly stuff about the Process Church of the Enlightenment, which is this weird, weird culty church in LA that uh, uh, sued the publishers for their name being in the book. So they took it, took it all out. But um, it's a really fascinating read because it's not just a straight ahead retelling of of the events but it's it it's partly ed sanders search for the information because there wasn't that much information like you know like no one knew who this guy was when it all happened right so he was like and his point of view was uh that the police were you know the pigs had arrested some hippies mm-hmm. and it was a big frame up and he was going to prove he was going to prove this. Then, as he started investigating, he's like, "Oh my God, these people are monsters!" <laughs> so, so it's it's an interesting book to read. And so I read that book, and I was like, "Oh man, I guess I love true crime." <laughs> and so then I read this book about Ed Gein that I borrowed from a friend. And yeah. then I was just like, "You know what? I'm not interested interested in this at all." So the only other one I've ever read is there's a book called "The Devil in the White City" or some kind of name like that, which is about H. H. Holmes, who was a madman who built this murder house in chicago during the chicago exhibition exposition or the whatever it was called in those days the there's some kind of exposition that that they put it was the first time there that's where the ferris wheel was first first appeared and things and um but it's a book that tells the tale of the 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 launch and like the and the the construction and all and all the details about this big i think it's called the columbian exhibition i can't remember what it's called now anyway but it took place in Chicago sometime at the turn of, of the last century. And but simultaneous to this was the story of this of this madman, this sociopath named H. H. Holmes, who for a while pretended to be a doctor, you know, and operated on people and and, and but he had no he had no medical knowledge or degree at all. Yeah. He was just a sociopath. Yeah. And then he built this house 
in Chicago and the idea of this house was that it would kill people. And so then he could just rob them and then discard their bodies within the house. And so it's pretty, pretty grisly, but what kind of, what kind of like cut the horribleness of all that was the interesting facts about this exhibition that was being put together. And like the fact that, you know, it it was behind schedule and it was a big nightmare. And they brought in the guy who like, who designed central park in in New York city was brought in to like do all the landscaping for it. And, you know, it was just kind of interesting to read about all, all, all that. And then kind of intercut with this, the facts because this thing was all happening, the city was full of like people coming and going and that no one realized that women were disappearing, you know, at an unusual, more than a more than usual rate, were were disappearing, and so. Um, I, guess, I guess living in Vancouver, I go. So your plan is, I'm going to rob people mm-hmm. after I murder. Them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I guess you want money for the murder. All right, I get that. Mm-hmm. So so I'm gonna first I'm gonna buy a house. Whoa, you lost me. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's gonna take forever to pay that. Back. That's not good value. And then and then yeah, and then, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna make the house nice enough. That people want to come into the house and yeah. stay there. Yeah. That's a lot of price. Then I gotta put a second layer on that. I gotta make it a murder house. Shit, that's too much. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad use of your money. What's wrong with a van, sir? <laughs> What's wrong with a van? That <laughs> that is true. Like a murder food truck. There, you could afford that. Well, and people come up and they have a hot dog yeah. and you throw hot water in their face and then you drown them in the water. Yeah, there you go. Murder, murder food truck. Sure. Okay. Well, he would have had to like, yeah, I know mean, it's a good idea, but at that time he would have, it would have had to have like a, uh, he would have to have a murder horse-drawn carriage. Which, That's still all right. I know it's fine, but who's driving it while you're murdering? Like who's uh, looking after the horses? I guess you can tie the horses up. I don't even But it doesn't feel man. like, it doesn't feel like, you know, like a, a murder van. You can like go somewhere desolate and do whatever you're doing. But right. a murder horse-drawn carriage just feels a much, much less efficient way. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. They're just saying of a house with you know with acid cauldrons and sl- slides to, to okay, death. Okay, how about this? Things. Yeah. So you got a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah. But one of the horses is just a dressed-up bear, right? And so, um, but the person gets in, and then you like let the bear yeah. go and do its business and eat yeah. the person. And then the bear comes out. You dress him back up as a horse. And then that's a, a perfect crime. You have, you know what? I thought your, I thought your um, idea was going to be complicated, but you made it so simple. Yeah. Dressing a bear as, as a horse. Why didn't I think of that? I'm, I'm thinking to myself now. I mean, they're, I'm embarrassed. Gotta, yeah. The problem is you got to stop the bear from standing on its two legs. <laughs> and if the bear well, will only stand on its two legs. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Fuck, fuck, fuck this whole idea. That's stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a dumb idea. It's not well, I, the horse. I don't want to say it's, anything. It's the driver. Yeah. The driver is the bear. Okay. Who likes to stand on his two and legs. And the, the murderer wears a horse costume. Murderer wears the horse costume. So, okay. So, yes. Then the person gets in yeah. the carriage. Yeah. Uh, then the murderer takes off the horse head, goes and uh, says to the bear, eh? And the bear goes, Arr. and it goes in, Arr. eats the person. Yeah. Um, you do some basic hose down work. Um, <laughs> Wait, but isn't part of this, if you're a murderer... Yeah. Like that sort of murderer. Isn't part of your thing the murder? Why would you oh, be... Oh, you don't think he'd like to let the, the bear do it? Yeah. Like it feels like the bear is getting the pleasure to this guy. Well, wait a second. Well, yeah. you, this murder house you're talking about. Yeah. Like I assumed yeah. that it'd be something like, oh, it's a bed, but it's just a sheet. And then you fall through it to a, to a pit with like s- stakes 
po- poking up. Yeah. Something like that. Like, but, but you're not going in there and doing a big stabbing or anything. No, no, no. Like, I think it's, I think for that guy, it was like, he, he was, he had like the power he had over these unfortunate women, mm. Okay. you know, and I don't think he'd want like to share that with a bear. Oh, and it was, it was just women he'd kill as well. I believe so. I don't think ma- no, many no, men were part of this. Too. That's bad. He's what, sorry? Sexist. It's too bad, too. It's not good. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't know what his know, political views were. Like, you know, a killer, but you're yeah, yeah. as well. That's gross. I don't like this guy. Uh, you I know like, what? I didn't like him before, in, and I like him less now. But, you know, in a weird way, he was really a supporter of women working. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know where to yeah. I don't know fall. I don't know to fall on H.H. Holmes, other than the fact that he was an, a horrible, insane murderer. And Other than that, Sherlock Holmes um, is this what the thing was? He's just trying to <laughs> that's right. Make up for all the murders that his dad. Uh, he was the third or brother. Maybe he's just trying to get his dad's attention. The, the third brother they don't talk about. Okay, I was just thinking he's trying to get his dad's attention. It's like the only thing dad cares about is murders. Like, oh, I'll show him. I'll make a murder house. Then he'll have to pay attention to me. They would have. They would have been about the same age, though. Well, uh, but the one important thing to remember is one is fictional. <laughs> <laughs> but when is it? Wait, who's trying to get whose attention then? Well, the uh, the real guy, because he's crazy. Yeah, oh, okay. He thinks that Sherlock Holmes is his father. He thinks Sherlock Holmes is his father. Okay. So he's doing a murder house, yeah. yeah. I don't think That's he the was... only way logically this could work. Otherwise, dressing up a bear as a carriageman wouldn't make any sense. It would be stupid. I don't think he was crazy. I just think he had a broken brain. But that doesn't mean you're crazy. It just means that he didn't think the same way that we do. So he thought it would be perfectly okay to make money as a doctor when he had no abilities and cause people probably cause people to I'm die. We talked about this seriously for like an hour. <laughs> We'd be able to sell uh, cereal on this podcast. Cereal? For, for good money. Yeah, that's a magic spoon cereal. We'd be able to sell that or <laughs> okay. uh, meat undies or some other stuff. I see, I see. Yeah. That, does, that sounds unpleasant. Yeah, actually, I bought some of that cereal. It was pretty good. I bought two things from uh, podcast uh, advice. Okay. I bought some underwear and I bought some cereal. So far, the cereal has come and it was quite good. Okay. So, and you're still waiting for the undies. I'm still waiting for the uh, for the underwear. That's correct. okay. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. I've never thought of underwear as hard to obtain, but okay. I guess at this time, at this particular time in our, our it history, is. I'm not a I'm not a go downtowner anymore. Yeah. I am a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hermit. What I was trying to say a little earlier and, uh, I interrupted 40, 45, well, it was 45 minutes ago and I've kind of let, <laughs> let, let you go through your course. Um, what's, was the thing that I invested in. Yeah. Uh, I found a good deal on, uh, some, uh, VR, uh, for the PlayStation. Yeah. You mentioned this last week. Yeah. So I got okay. this. Okay. But I don't think what I mentioned, because I think I've done it since. Oh. Is, uh, the two, like, first of all, there's a couple of games that have just been freaking delightful and amazing. They're like playing a dream. Okay. Um, it's like an Astro. It's like an Astro Bot Rescue, which sounds really boring, and it's freaking brilliant. Sure. And you know, I was like under the ocean rescuing robots. And I was like, well, this is this is just perfect. Huh. This is amazing. I'm I'm completely in another world. It's 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 amazing. But um, I did two things that were that were kind of oh whoa whoa uh, this this week with that. Okay. Um, one. Um, a couple of years ago, we did a 360-degree uh, uh, filming of the Critical Hit Show, the show that I do, yeah. uh, at the Rio Theater. Yeah. And so I played that, and I played that while wearing the headset. So cool. it, to me, the effect was I was standing on stage. Yeah. 
and the Rio Theater, where I have not been able to be for a year. Yeah. And and Eric, uh, the host, is like just a couple of feet from me. Looks yeah. like he's right there. And I can turn and I can look at the audience. I can look back. I can look at the screen. I'm exactly where I would normally be in the show. And it was just this weird, like I was in a dream, just going like, "Oh shit, this is this feels like I'm." Here, this is this is very weird. And the weirdest bit was when I then entered the stage, and it was me, and I was watching myself, and I felt like I'm a ghost. I feel like I'm a ghost, and I was just watching myself in 3D, uh, doing, uh, you know, talking to the audience, then looking over, watching the audience's reaction, seeing the tech guy, looking around, looking at the floor, going, "Oh, this floor is dirty. We really should pick that up. Oh, there's a thing over there we should pick up. Oh, I can see this person in the back. Uh, they're standing backstage. So that was like, woof. That was that was that was interesting. It really felt like this took me somewhere, and uh, you know, it's like okay, that's this is something to remember that you can do this. And the other thing I did was someone had done a video of walking down Main Street, my old street. Yeah. And it was from uh, about a year ago, mm -hmm. and they just slowly walked down Main Street, and I'm in, and again, it's in 360 degrees. So it feels like I'm walking down Main Street, looking around at, at some buildings that don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. But like, you get to see all the details. You're looking down here. I passed a guy who used to ask me for money all the time. <laughs> like, hey, there's that guy. And it felt weird not giving him money. I'm like, I can't. I don't exist. <laughs> I can't. And like, oh, well, that store doesn't exist anymore. Oh, that's there. Oh, there's where the fire was. Oh, this is interesting. And it was, it was just this weird sensation of like, again, I feel like a little bit of a ghost walking through this, but it, it really puts your brain somewhere different, especially when, you know, you're, uh, I don't want to say stuck at home, but kind of stuck at home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we did the obvious ones too. We went like, okay, let's go to that beach in Hawaii that we, uh, that we go to when we go. Oh, that's great. Or we went to, uh, San Diego comic-con and, uh, I'm like standing in this, uh, in this crowd in San, San Diego comic-con and it's like, oh man, I, I can smell what this is like. <laughs> this is like, I get this feel. I know what the heat would be like. I know, I know what this, oh, geez, I feel like I'm, I'm here. And, uh, it was a, it was a really interesting experience. It would be worthwhile having this just for that, to be able to like go somewhere else in the world and just walk around, you know, even though it's, you can't really control your direction or anything like that. But, oh, it was a, it was, it's just an amazing feeling. Wow. That is pretty cool. So, it's, sorry. So you said that the Rio filming, you said it was 360 degrees. Then you said it was 3D? Um, well, it's 3D in that uh, I can... You know what? It wasn't true 3D. That's, oh, okay. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing. But, does uh, it, but, but like, the way it works, like, that you can look around like in a, in a, in a panorama. It was, not, it was not done in full 3D. I've, I, I did then visit some other theaters that uh, let you be on stage, and it did have the 3D, and that was interesting. Oh, and one of the other things I, I got to do and I say, like, got to do like it was an activity instead of just watching it. But uh, they had Tina Fey when she was hosting Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. and she took uh, took you around a tour of the set. So for the first time, I kind of got the feeling of like, oh, this is what Saturday Night Live feels like. Yeah, this is what the location feels like. Oh, oh, this is over here. That's over there. Then walk through the dressing room, walk down a hallway, and I've been in the building aside, around Saturday Night Live, but I've never been in the actual Saturday Night Live studio. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I get that. I've been up there. I've been here. This all puts it together. And it just made it feel real. And I was like, damn, this is really interesting. It's, uh, it, 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 yeah, it just hit me on a really nice uh, level. Just thinking, like, oh, yeah, feels feels real, feels grounded. Hmm. It, was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. 
That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're in, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. If I could find a way sometime in the future for us to uh, 360 degrees, uh, one of our Sneaky Dragon shows, I will. Oh, that would be pretty exciting, guys. A room. Huh? But I think, I, you know what? I honestly felt when I was when I was watching the critical hit one. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. If this was, and and I'm far from the first person to think this, mm-hmm. but like if this was like a show show, yeah, and you can't, it would be like watching a, watching a, a comedy show. Wow. You just you're in the audience. You're watching a comedy show. You can yeah. look around. You can see people around you laughing or not or what have you. <laughs> yeah. I actually I watched. Um, I got for my sister in law Vicky. Uh, Maria Bamford Zoom comedy show this weekend. Okay. And so she did it live, and Jackie Cation was the opening act. And they both did it from their own homes. But they had the microphones turned on for some people in the audience so you could hear them laughing. Uh-huh. And then they had this big Q&A at the end. And it was really – it was very intimate, but it, was, uh, it worked. It nice. worked. And it was – it just made me think, like, there's so many different ways to do these shows now. And I hope that we learn from this and can kind of mm-hmm. – you know, to take some of this forward, you know, when things, as they say, normalize. Yeah. Well, definitely something like the Critical Hit Show. I think it would be nice if, you know, if, well, first one question. Did you feel a bit of a, a pang, like being there on stage and like looking yeah. around? And yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but it also made me like remember how much, yeah, it made me remember how much I like being on that stage. Yeah. 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 Uh, it also, yeah, it's it was like being in a dream. It was it was it was it was strange. It wasn't it wasn't super sad. It actually was very uh, comforting. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. feeling like oh, I could anytime I need to feel like I'm on this stage, I can put this on and I'll be there. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, but and again, the weirdest thing is when you watch yourself enter the stage. <laughs> you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'm I'm a clone. Which one do I shoot? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it would be nice if when you're back on the stage, which hopefully that comes sometime this year, um, that you can still film it and have it as a Zoom thing that people, you know, that you can reach out to people who can't always be at the theater. And this is something we have discussed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, Eric has taped videotaped. I think every one of our shows. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it would be interesting to have that kind of live thing. Yeah. The, yeah. the problem when you, you guys should like, digitally tape them. That would make it easier to trans. Anyway, just forget it. Mm. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> The problem with shooting anything on stage yeah. is if you've ever shot like a school play, you go like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> you, just, you lose, you know, the energy. But yeah, something yeah, about yeah. I, I still think if you had a couple of 360 cameras that you had the power to change back and forth, like the the uh, the viewer yeah, had the power yeah. to like change back and forth, uh, that'd be something. That'd be something interesting. And I think it'll work for concerts as well, for sure. Mm. So uh, it feels like there's something there that the future, it's interesting. I feel little nips of the future on the, the on my heels. And it's, it's exciting, uh, you know, uh, doing that. And the, and the, and the V, uh, the VR setup for, you know, I, I did not have to pay a lot for it, which was nice. And then actually I was missing one thing and my landlord went, Oh, I'm not using this. You take it like, ah, it's perfect. Um, and uh, it's it's pretty amazing technology for the price. You're like, geez, no, this should be more. I'm in a totally different world. I just went under the sea, and now I'm in space. This should cost more. No, it's just this what it is now. All right, and it'll just get cheaper. 
Sounds good. Good to know. Okay, this will be interesting. This will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it'll just get cheaper, and I guess it'll get better as, you know, especially with things like, you know, what would make VR so great would be something that you could wear and just walk around outside, and, and you know, you can stream the experience, you know? Like that would be... Yeah, I don't mean in sure. a dangerous way, but I mean, you could have like set up places where, you know, say you have a park and so you map the paths in the park and then you can have like, you can have stories that take place within that park, but it's, it's, you know, you're in the park, but you're also in your VR world that uses that park as a, as a kind of a augmented reality, you know? Well, I was watching... That'd be uh, kind of cool. These... So you could still see other people. Yeah, totally. But well, also you'd these... have your own... Yeah, I was watching these videos of... Uh... Uh, elderly people trying VR for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so they're all just like, I don't use the computer. I just do it. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, we're going to put this on. And, and, you know, now you're on a mountaintop and they're, and every one of them, like no one of them was like, I don't like it. I feel nauseous. No one. <laughs> Everyone says, this is beautiful. Yeah. This is amazing. Oh my God. You know, uh, imagine you're in a, you're in a hospital bed and you've got this, you'd be Okay. You'd be okay, you know, and it's like they know from being like stuck somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, or for health reasons or whatever. It's like, no, you then get this feeling like you're somewhere else in the world and it just wakes you up. And they had a guy there that was 100 and he used to be a pilot. And they went, okay, let's let's do this, but let's do like a flight simulator. And he was he was doing it and he just went, yeah, that's exactly what it was like. <laughs> yeah, I just flew a plane again. I'm 100. I just flew a plane. That's yeah, great. That's that, great. Was, that was amazing. And, and they were telling him about technology that was uh, to come and he went well hurry it up i'm 100 don't <laughs> a lot of time get on it huh? uh, yeah that was pretty pretty cruel actually to 100 year old man and tell him the future is going to be great <laughs> well you know maybe it makes him it, hang on a little he long. just got used to the idea that it's all over and there's nothing nothing good's coming from this horrible world with all these kids and their phones and and he's all ready to just you know let it all go and then someone came along and said hey don't go yet it's going to be really great in a couple of years it's like, well, what, what a time to tell me. <laughs> I think you'd be happy about that, but okay, it's up to you. I was talking to someone one time, actually a couple people one time, and I said, I said, one of, one of my fears of, or one of the things I worry about dying is that I won't be able to see like movies I'm looking forward to coming out. <laughs> and they, they looked at me like I was an insane person. No, that's totally right. Yeah. And I thought, well, what, what is wrong with that? Like, I'm, if someone told me like. You know, in a couple of months, there's going to be like a new album by a band you like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, cool. And then, uh, you know, and I'm not going to think to myself, well, I hope I don't die because that's not the way my brain thinks. But if I did happen to think that, I'd be like, oh, man, I hope that doesn't happen because I want to hear that album. Like, I don't think that's weird. But they all looked at me like with cocked eyebrows as if I'd said the most amazingly weird thing. Well, I re- uh, like, okay. First of all, I always remember Roger Ebert saying that he could never imagine a day where he wouldn't want to know what was in the paper that morning. Like, yeah. I want to know what's what's going on. What's happening tomorrow? What's what's happening? And, of course, he was, like, excited about whatever movies were coming out. Of course. Of course you would be. You know, I feel, I feel the same way. Uh, there's a, I, if you want to hear something that sounds dumb to me, it's like I was thinking, like, you know, uh, oh, a bunch of people have passed away and weren't able to see the most recent, like, Marvel movie. You know, they were able to see Blackwood. Oh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. And it's not silly. That sounds silly, I know. But it's just like, oh, no. Like, anything that pushes things into the future, oh, there's a bunch of people that aren't going to get a chance to see this yeah. now that yeah. really enjoyed this. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, of course, it's the, it's the things like that that, uh, you know, you're 
it's okay. It's not just, oh, no, death. It's like, <laughs> oh, death is annoying. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, exactly gonna, right. It's I'm gonna, probably not going to finish this book. It's going to end our fun. Yeah. I think that's, to me, like, that's a healthy way to look at your yeah, life. you want to have something to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. You like, know, you're going to stick it out to the next thing. You're going to stick <laughs> it out to this. You're going to stick it out to that. Yeah. I mean, when, so when people start, uh, this was always my worry about retirement. When, when, when I was, um, you know, uh, when I was first an official girlfriend I had, her mother was always talking about, oh, I can't wait to retire. Oh, I can't wait to retire. And to me, it was like, and then what? Like, it feels like you're going to then just like collapse. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you, and then what? You know, it wasn't like she was going to retire rich. She was just going to like, and then what? Watch TV all day? What are you going to do? Yeah. You know? And I, I you know, now I am, I, I don't want to have to work every damn day of my life. But, <laughs> but yeah, the idea of yeah. like retiring and doing nothing just sounds really chilling. Maybe retiring and then you do stuff you enjoy. That's okay, I suppose. I wasn't even considering that. But yeah, it just feels like, no, you got to have something. What's next? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, though, but I mean, it's so, it is a pretty, I thought, I don't know. It feels like it's a common thing. I might, you might be exaggerating just because of uh, some sort of bias, but it feels like it's a common thing that men retire or, or people retire. I should say people retire. I've only more heard this with men, but people retire and then, uh, then they die. Yeah. And then you're I like, mean, my dad, well, when he retired, well, he didn't retire. He was fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he became more bohemian and actually things were better. You know, until he until he got cancer. Yeah. But like, yeah. You know, he was he was grew his hair along, and he was kind of enjoying life more. And I was like, oh, that's good. Look at that. <laughs> oh, and uh, of course, my takeaway from that was your job was 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 killing you. It was awful. Yeah. It made you so angry all the time. I mean, there's other reasons, but yeah. I mean, clearly, this was good for you to be fired. It's the last thing you wanted, but it was the thing that was good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah you, you retire and then, yeah, you just, you're picturing your image of a retired guy. And it's like, mm, it's not good. It's not a good image. You don't think like, that's swell. That's for me. <laughs> yeah. Your wife's annoyed that you're still around. Like, ugh, it's in the house now. And this, of course, is old-timey, old-timey thoughts. But it's just like, ugh, get out of here. Go do something. Stop it. Stop being around all the time. <laughs> It's funny when you're a kid, you don't really think about whether your dad enjoyed his job or not. It's not till you're older that you think about that. And go, I wonder if my dad actually liked the job he did, or he just he just did it because he suddenly had a son and he needed to help raise, and so he went got a job, and then that's where he was, and, and that's where he stayed. Yeah, you never. And I don't have an answer for that. I never well, asked my never, dad. Yeah, you wouldn't. Again, this is old timey, but like you wouldn't think like you know. Ah, I wonder if my mom enjoys being a mom. You don't think that she's a mom. And what's your dad do? Goes to his job. Yeah, of course he does. That's what he does. <laughs> what else would he do? I have to go to school. He has to go to a job. We all have to go somewhere. Mm. Don't go like, do you enjoy it or not? Of course you don't. Probably you don't. I don't enjoy school. Or maybe you do enjoy school. You know, it doesn't matter, though. Whether you enjoy it or not, you got to go. Yeah. Eh, it's just this is what you got to do. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, there are people who go to their work that enjoy it. Like, just because you have but to you work do, doesn't mean it's... Un- when, okay, when you were... Okay, you're a young uh, person. You're young Dave Dentry. And you're sure eight years old. Yep. Can you think of any of your friends, uh, and I'll go parents, you know, yeah. you have to think of dad, yeah. who enjoyed their job, who you went like, boy, they love their job. I didn't even think about it. Of course you didn't. Of no, no, that's what I mean. As, as a kid, I didn't think about it. It's a ridiculous idea. No, Why no, no, would it no. matter? It I know, matter. but I said that as a kid, I didn't think about it. But now as, a, as an adult, I do think about whether my dad enjoyed. 
your perspective and also you live in a different era, <laughs> you know, where, where that matters, where it's like, you know, you wouldn't like, you know, you wouldn't complain about mm. your job. You would, you might complain a little bit about it. Then you take a couple of shots at the bar and then you go home. <laughs> That's a good point. You're, you know, you're right. That's true. It's a different era. Like maybe the idea of job satisfaction or being happy in your, in your work was not a, was not something people thought about, you know, that is not what your job is. It's you, not about you being happy. Yeah. Yeah. Just do your work. Quit, quit, quit lollygagging and quit whining you baby. Yeah, then go home. <laughs> then go home to your house and ignore your children and your wife. Yeah, eat your eat, eat your meal and uh, you know and uh, take a nap and start it all over again. Bottle it up, bottle it up deep, <laughs> put it deep inside. Get that ulcer going. There you go. Because my dad would would come home and he would do his work at home as well. Ugh. Like he'd sit, he would watch TV with us, but he'd have his he would sit on the couch in this particular way and he would have his. He'd just do his, you know, he'd be filling out forms or doing whatever he did. I, I have no idea. Writing out ideas or planning things. Like, I don't know what he did because I don't really know what my job. I, I know vaguely now, but I, of course, as a kid, I had no no oh, idea nor any interest. Same thing with like sitcoms back then. Mm-hmm. It's like, what did these people do for a living? Didn't matter. They just went to work and then they came back. It was work. Yeah. I remember like my uh, my dad, the thing that if he ever had to bring work home, oh, he hated that. But like what he really hated was um, doing taxes. Oh, he hated doing the taxes. <laughs> hated bills and hated taxes. Okay. So, um, so you know, you would not even want to be, like, in, in two rooms away from him when he was doing that. And it just, to me, it was like, oh, that's the worst. Oh, I hate the idea that I'm going to have to deal with taxes. Whereas, if it would be, I've been kind of interesting to actually do them with him and just go like, well, what is this? Oh, you just fill out this and you fill out this and then you take this away. And this means you pay less money because this is deducted away. They want you to pay this, but because you did this, you get to do this. Like, Oh, all right. So you're trying to pay as little as possible. It's a little like a game. Here's how it goes. You got to gather these receipts together. Mm. Now, can you put those in order of blah, blah, blah. I probably would have been game for that, but it was like, always uh, treated me like it's the worst, the worst thing in the world. Horrible, 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 horrible. And so, yeah, you just avoid it. And then, you know, then you put all your uh, hope into Bitcoin and some other bullshit instead of like, learn to do your taxes. Just learn how to do your taxes well. You will save more money than you will make on Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. but I think so. <laughs> although I was watching an uh, interview with this musician who was in a British band called The Wonder Stuff, this guy named Miles Hunt. And he was saying that when he started his musical career... and uh, an accountant for the you know the management accountant told him to save all his receipts and he did he saved all of his receipts like everything he yeah. saved it all and he was able to buy a house with the money that he got from all that all those receipts yeah so that's pretty good that's what that's how you do it like the first the first year that i got an accountant yeah i was like oh my god this guy's costing me a fortune to get an accountant and then you see how much money you saved and just go, motherfucker, I should have got an accountant. Like, holy cow, of course, get an accountant. Gee, dear God. And I would be like, I was way too anal with my um, with my receipts, I think. Like, <laughs> to the point where the accountant would like look at them and go, oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, they know what they're doing. If, if you don't want to do it yourself and save money that way, it probably, unless you're super, super, super broke, in which case, don't worry about it. But like, if you're making any money at all, I'm an accountant. Yeah, you know what to do. Put this aside. Put this aside. Work <laughs> this. Unfortunately, right now, mine is like trying to get me to connect with this app 
And I'm like, oh, it's a new element. And I don't want a new element to this, but, you know, <laughs> they're right. It's what I should uh, do. It. That'd be fine. It scares me. I don't like this. But that, I'll be able to, like, just take my phone and, like, scan receipts. And so technically that makes it easier, but technically it also feels like it makes it easier to scam me. <laughs> like putting too much information on, uh, you know, the cloud, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah, my, interestingly though, my dad quit his job when I was a kid because he wasn't happy there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what he told you as well? Yeah. Oh, that's I good. mean, I asked him when I was older. Oh, okay. You didn't know then. Uh, no, I didn't know then why he quit. That's too bad. Cause that's a good example to, to, to tell your uh, kids. I would, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, that would have been a good thing to know. I mean, I was a teenager when he told me, but yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, he left. He wasn't happy there. He felt like he was unappreciated and that mm-hmm. a lot of his ideas were being basically stolen from him and the, his, like, the guy above him was taking credit for them. Oh, uh, okay. And my dad resented that and he, uh, he left. And which is too bad because uh, one, he was kind of friends with that guy. Like I remember we went and visited him at his house and was part of the reason why we moved to Delta was because he was friendly with this guy, although he lived in Sunshine Hills. So his children went to sea scum, but also, um, (laughs) but then they moved the office to to Delta as well. So it was, it was in uh, that Kennedy Heights mall. My dad had a, they had a set of offices in the second story of the mall there. And so it was a easy drive to work and he had been friendly with his boss, but I guess, whatever ill feeling developed and he left which is too bad but it's it's interesting because i've been i've been mad at work the last little while because i feel unappreciated (laughs) and that my ideas have been the innovations i brought to work have just been given to other people and then i and so it feels like there's no reward for what i've innovated you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah and so i'm like going i really want to leave here like i just don't want to work here anymore because i feel like i'm just spinning my wheels, you know, because I'm, I'm giving something to do. I do it. I improve it. I figure out better ways to do it. Right. And then, and then that job is then given to someone else to do so they can merely repeat my innovations, but without ad- adding anything more to it. And then I just get moved to something else. And I just feel like, you know, but the reason I innovated those jobs is because I enjoyed doing them so much that it was fun to think about ways to make them better, you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, it's just kind of, and so it's just funny. I was thinking about that today at work and I was, not today, but the other day at work and I was thinking that it's funny because I'm, I'm thinking, I guess I am my dad's son. We have the same personality to a degree that we both have this need for approval. But then we obviously, you know, when it, when we feel rejected, then we also, <laughs> we just want to walk out the door. We're not prepared to like not be, you know, even though I say all the time, that when you do a job, you have to you have to be aware that you are replaceable, you know, and you can't you can't forget that part of the job because you know people will make too much of themselves at a, at a workplace if they don't realize that. But at the same time, I want to be irreplaceable, <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a it's a conundrum. It's a conundrum for sure. So you want to be replaceable, or you want to be irreplaceable? I want to I want to be irreplaceable. Even though you are, you are irreplaceable. Even though I acknowledge that all employees at any job are, or most jobs, I mean, not, I mean, obviously, look, you'd be replaceable, but like, yeah, the person who replaces you can't necessarily do the things you can do. No, no, especially if you're innovating. Yeah, yeah. Then then the specific things that you bring are not replaceable because even if that person 
is an innovator, which they won't be. Yeah, they won't be you and be innovating. Yeah, uh, they, you know, they're gonna they're gonna come up with different stuff. So no, you you aren't replaceable. They're gonna they're gonna fill the space, but they're not going to replace you. No, no, but you know, like they're gonna take away the dining room table. <laughs> they're gonna put, uh, you know, a, sure. a lamp there, but it's not gonna be a table. Yeah. Well, let, yeah, no, the person is still doing its job, so they're replacing the dining room table with a TV tray. It's still doing the job. It's just not going to be quite as fancy. But, I mean, that's all That's all a company requires, though, is the job to be done. They don't really, you know, they like innovation or they like improvement, but they're not They're not married to the idea. It's all It's all good, just as long as things get shipped out the door. Yeah, so, I, uh, I, bro- I broke down a thing once uh, in, uh, on my no-and board uh, okay. on Facebook about, like, the different uh, things that people do in improv. And I felt like I was a repairman. Okay. You know, so like I look at something and go like, "What needs fixing?" Okay, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to try and like leave it better than I than I came to it with. I always think that there's something that needs fixing in like everything, and so that's that's one of my main things that I that I come and try and do. It sounds similar to what you're uh, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to? Oh, okay, wait a second. This would be better if yeah. You know uh, this and whether or not the people that like follow you then uh, you know take that into account or not, and also uh, you will not be thanked for it. <laughs> something that will be considered to have happened on its own by osmosis they won't think hey that uh, george washington carver she came up with a lot of ideas for peanuts like oh no those peanuts really they they, they did it themselves <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah no it's true it's uh it's it's, it's interesting but you know i can't i mean it's possible that you know you can look at it and say well you know they they feel like you've innovated there. Now they want you to go somewhere else and do do the same thing. But at the same time, it feels to me like a punishment because I'm being mm. taken off what I enjoy and being pushed somewhere else. And then you're just like, well, I didn't ask to be in this department. What's what's going on? So, well, that's the thing. If you do your okay, what okay? So you got one or two ways to go. Like, and and this I think is in most jobs. Let's say you go like it's a cashier job. Sure. So if you if you're a very very good cashier, yeah. In fact, that you do come up with ways to make things more efficient. Uh, your job's going to be harder because you're going to be working harder. You will probably find ways to make your, even though there's like efficiency, you're also still always going to be like you know, working hard. Whereas the person who's not as good is going to be having a lazier time and will have an easier time. Mm-hmm. So like by doing the right thing, you will always make things harder for yourself and probably for other people too. They'll go like, oh. <laughs> well, anyone has to work with me, yeah. Double checking the, you know, the, <laughs> throughout the day how much money you have so you don't at the end of the day go, yeah. hey, we're missing $60. Let's leave, let even Ian figure out where we lost it from when we all go home. Right, let's go. No, let's just, <laughs> hey, hey, how about three times during the day we check and just see, are we still flush? Are we still? Yeah. You know, so, oh, it's a lot of work for us. <laughs> It's true. It's that true. is my own personal personal problem. <laughs> I felt like it. Well, so yeah, I've last couple of days or three days, I guess, I've been training a new guy at work, which is horrible. So even if a person's nice, it's horrible. It's horrible to have to spend, you know, eight hours with someone. You know, mm-hmm. like like what I like about that job is that you spend some time with people and then you spend other time by yourself. That's like a good balance. You know, like yeah. me time. Us time. That's perfect. But not if it's all us time all the time. I'm just like, I can't, I can't stand it. I am dying. But, uh, you know, training. Yeah you, need, yeah, you need your recharging time for sure. Well, uh, you know, I'm an introvert. So, uh, you know, and I'm also a terrible 
uh, conversationalist. <laughs> despite what this show implies. Yeah, that's a weird, that's a weird thing. <laughs> we usually go about three hours and change. <laughs> and I disagree with that because anytime, like, you know, you're in a social situation, you're usually talking to people. And the, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. afterwards, you got to go take a nap. But, <laughs> but at the time. Not necessarily yeah. a nap, just a, a sit down with a book time would be really nice. Oh, boy. Oh, okay, I was just thinking, sit like... down in a chair, just going, those fucking something. <laughs> no, no, no. No, just, just something, just something you can do by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask for. Uh, I think that might be one of the reasons I enjoy the old, uh, the, the old VR thing. Mm. It's like all of a sudden you're in a completely different world. That yeah. You're just like, oh, it's just me. Yeah. Me and this little robot trying to, <laughs> you know, uh, stop a King Kong. Sure. All right, let's let's get at it, little robot. Yeah. But you, but you also have your office. You, you work by yourself in your office a lot of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. I do have that, and I think that's part I of. I mean, especially yeah. look, I'm, I'm, I'm a year uh, of like mainly seeing one other person for a year, <laughs> right? So this is the wrong year to go. Hey, you're a... no, no. This is just not an option. <laughs> you know, I see. I have like maybe two other people in my. You know, as they say, bubble. Yeah, and you know, and even them, I I see I don't know, once a week, twice a week, if that, yeah. if that, you know. So it's it's a lot. It's too much time in my own damn head, frankly. Mm. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm on the other side of uh, of that. So when you come out of this, you're going to be like the biggest extrovert of all time. Just that's what you feel like laughing people in the back, and no, I think uh, I think I think like after this, it'll be a slow go of just like. I just want to. I just want to go swim. I just want to like. <laughs> I just want to walk long distances outside. I just you know, and then slowly get back to being somewhat social. Totally. I, I, I think if I did have to go to like, hey, you know, we all got the shot and we're all fine, and let's go have a big barbecue in the backyard. And there was like tons of people there. I would just, I'd pass out. Like I don't think I could take it. <laughs> That'd be just too much. I just want to point out that uh, taking walks by yourself and swimming is those are also me time activities. Yeah, no, no, but I those are the things that I would do to get my head right. Okay. Okay. Whereas, like, yes, I am spending time by myself, but I'm spending the time by myself. You know the room that we record Sneaky Dragon in. Yep. That's the room that I'm in. It's a very small room. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm looking at a computer screen. I've got like a couple other things around me. But like, I'm very enclosed, very, very enclosed. Hopefully that photo uh, of me I gave you. Yeah, I do. I, 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 I sing to it sometimes. <laughs> That's good soft, to know. creepy lullabies. That's <laughs> good to hear. Yeah. Go to sleep, go to sleep, shut your eyes. And then occasionally the photo shuts its eyes. And that's when I know, <laughs> I've uh, gone too far. <laughs> very nice. I'm going. I'm going pretty squirrely. <laughs> pretty, pretty squirrely indeed. Uh, so. That's hard. I mean, I, I don't think I would enjoy that either. You know, like that doesn't sound like heaven. Like when people say, like, "Oh, to be in a desert island," I just oh, that's, that's terrible. Like I, I like people. I like people a lot. It's just that I also need, you know, just a little bit yeah. of time, uh, time away. Anything taken to an extreme is not. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not good. And also, anything you're forced to do is uh, is is not good. You know the reason I'm the reason I'm in in here is because oh yeah yeah there's a uh, trouble out there and, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not that's not great mm-hmm. but you know we're uh, living in a uh, you know a world with uh, you know a deadly disease floating around 
then so that's going to mess you up. And I got to and I acknowledge that too. Me and both me and Pia uh, do have discussions about this like once or twice a day, where we just sat, sit down and just go. Uh, now remember, things are really weird right now, <laughs> and so it's okay to feel how you feel. It's like yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Just uh, it's okay to miss stuff. It's okay to you know oh I'm not getting as much done as I used to. Yeah, it's a play. Yeah, you're not getting a lot done. I understand. You know, you're not Shakespeare writing, you know, six plays and it's it's fine. But however you're dealing with this is is the right way to be dealing with it. And I know that's weird because you've got to go to to work and you know that you've got someone shadowing you, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, that seems so unusual in this yeah. this day to have like a new person. You're like, I gotta show you the ropes. Yeah, maybe you're jealous of me. You're like, Oh, Dave, you have someone you can talk to for for eight hours, that's great. <laughs> the thing is, uh, the thing is, though, is like we can talk together because we are like we are this not the same person, but we have very similar interests. We are very similar people. We have successfully like navigated our lives together through all these years. And you've got similar interests, uh, you know, uh, complementary. Yeah, yeah. And but most people I meet, I don't really have that much in common with. You know, like we don't. You know, my musical tastes are very obscure. My my taste in movies is, you know, it's it's yeah. you know, it's you like junk bands and zoetropes. <laughs> exactly, you know, and you've never it's, seen a Star Wars. When I yeah, I mean, I yeah, I could talk about Star Wars, but you know, most people that I, I'm training are much younger than me at work as well. You know, they're exp- I could bring up Star Wars, but they're not. They'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen the prequels. <laughs> okay, uh, so you know, it's just like it's not. It's just different, right? It's just different, and it's not terrible or whatever it's just it's just different you know and then you know there's a disappointment of training someone as well that you you know because i'm a weirdo who like cares about his job you know mm-hmm. and like i always say to one of the other guys i work with you know who's also a job carer i always say you know you can you can teach someone the job but you can't teach them to care about the job you know so you can show them what to do and then you come back later on and they've just like made the biggest mess you've ever seen in your life or something and you're just like what why you didn't follow any of my the guidelines I gave you that would you know make like a neat oh well if you're happy with that I guess there's nothing we can do about it nice pile but uh, yeah it's just a weird it's just a thing you know you're bound to be disappointed or maybe I'll be surprised for once in my life we'll see you never know and then also oh, you could okay. spend you could spend a week training someone and they're there for three weeks and then they they leave because they discover that they don't like carrying heavy things no that could be. And you go, well, yeah. that was time well spent. <laughs> there you go. Now, I think and it's interesting you, you kind of identifying that you like to uh, make things better. And, uh, and uh, you know, that's, that's, that's interesting. Put that, put that somewhere in your head and just go like, okay, whatever comes next, that's the, that's the thing that you do. Yeah. 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 I guess I should, I should. I should say that in job interviews. Say that in what? In job interviews. Oh, I thought you said it had Jamba Juice. No, I guess no, I could. I guess I could. Just I Jamba Juice and go like, I make things better. Really? We'll improve our number one drink. The mango smoothie. I will! Get rid of it! Oh, my God. Now add ice cream and just and, and, and uh, more ice cream and then some milk. And whipped cream. There, that's better. You're right! This is much more delicious. I've never had one of their... Good day, sir. Off to Booster Juice. <laughs> I was going to say, off to Booster Juice to fix fix their problems with their then pomegranate. Wetzel's pretzels. They're what? Then Wetzel's pretzels. Is that what they have? 
I think Wetzel's Pretzels is a thing. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. You're going... <laughs> then the New York Fry Company. Yeah, that's a weird one. <laughs> how can we improve our How can we improve our restaurants? I don't know. Sell more than fries? <gasps> they they sell hot dogs, which feels to me if you're a New York company. Yeah. And like uh, you're going like, what do you sell? Fries? Well, New York fries aren't. No one thinks. Oh, the best fries in the world are from New York. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, hot dogs. Yeah, that's what you do, New York. We think New York and hot dogs. Yeah. Why aren't you just mainly selling hot dogs? Where did this fry bullshit come from? <laughs> no one's at work going like, mm, 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 mm. what do you want to do for lunch? Hey, you know what? Let's go to that fry place. Well, oh, yeah. That's yeah. great. Just carbs? Yeah. Nice with your carbs. But Carbol- isn't, isn't New York fries just like a, a fake name for a Canadian company? Like uh, like Boston Pizza? Boston Pizza, yeah, yeah. probably. Like, is this fake? Like, they're just making up something like we're supposed to go like, oh, yeah, Boston, famous for their pizza. Oh, New York, <laughs> well known for their fries, you know? Yeah, also, Boston is not famous for their pizza at all. No, it's not. It's New not York, famous. yes. Chicago, yes. Boston, <laughs> so there's beans on it? <laughs> mm, yeah, give me a pizza Boston style. Covered in chowder. That's... Covered in chowder. <laughs> Covered in beans. We call it shit on a round shingle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Thank you, Boston. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's there you go. That's it's a weird. So now, okay, I'm interested in hot dogs. I don't know if you knew that. So just a question, question about New York hot dogs. All right. Steamed? Are they steamed or are they broiled? Or oh, something? I thought you were going to say other things. No, no. You mean at a hot at a hot dog cart? Like if you go to a hot dog cart, is it is is it steamed? No, boiled. Oh, it's boiled. And it's in the hot dog water. Yeah, they put them out of the hot dog water and put it on the bun. Oh, how's yep. that? How's that? Uh, it's it's acceptable. <laughs> it doesn't feel like anything you should be writing home about. No, but, you know, it's uh, okay. It's fine. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, it tastes sort of like a hot dog when you were a kid, I guess. I guess it's hot dog when you're used to it. Yeah, I mean, there's probably some there that have, like, a little grill. You grill them up. Sure. Uh, that'd sure. Be, that'd but, be better. Like, your typical one is, like, that's the thing. You open up the thing and that's how the hot dog water's there bloop take it out <laughs> on a bun a bit of sauerkraut a little bit of mustard there you go here you go pally they hand it, hand it to him and he goes off and does his law and order episode <laughs> he talks to the uh, police while he's making a hot dog yeah eh, well that guy yeah he used to come around here every day that guy yeah that guy <laughs> would you like a cup of coffee that you whip around like it's not full <laughs> There was this. There was a prop guy. Yeah. Oh, bless my wife. Uh, she she put a link up on Twitter today. Yeah. A prop guy who built the perfect uh, coffee cup for these shows. Okay. And he had the substance he put in that looks like coffee. Yeah. But is uh, gelatinous and is the right weight. Yeah. And you put it into your coffee cup, and you're going to hold your coffee cup correctly. Yeah. You're not going to mess around with it. Sure. Oh, so so perfect. I could like watch TV again. <laughs> But it, he got he got dr- he got drummed out of Hollywood for this yeah, for this invention. By the way, you were right about uh, uh, New York fries. It was uh, uh, founded in Ontario. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Ontario also famous for its fries. Yeah, it's uh, yeah they got them located in uh, uh, Canada, Bahrain, China, Egypt, Oman, Panama, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, uh, but not America. Not America. <laughs> that- that didn't sound like the list of like the best countries in the world. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It's like good seem, enough. Seem like do you have people? Do you have people unfairly imprisoned? 
Here we come. New York Fries is opening up yeah. in your country. <laughs> we are. North Korea. <laughs> That's right. We are. Here we go. We're going to. Nazi Germany. We're going to like, Xijing. We're going to. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's weird. They built a time machine. They send it back. And you can tell it's a Canadian place because they got poutine. Yep. It's routine here in Canada. Routine poutine, as we say. Yeah. That's why they no, sound that alike. All, that, all makes, uh, that all makes good sense. <laughs> I love it. I do. Just a little bit. Not yeah, it's a lot. A, it's a, you know, you don't have to love it, love it. But it's, a, it's, it's all right. This is the kind of... Here's, by the way, this is the kind of thing where my brain is right now. Okay. Um, where I like... Uh, what do you do when you should be working, Ian? This is me. So today, <laughs> uh, I come here. I'm sitting in and going, okay. I got. I'm writing kind of an off-Broadway show with someone right now. Okay. So I'm cool. so I'm like I'm, I'm doing a joke pass on, them. and so uh, I'm I'm sitting back and, and all of a sudden I think like, I wonder how many people the minions have killed. <laughs> you know, they're kind of fun characters, but yeah, they're, they're clearly murdering people. Are they really? Yeah, I was like, well, I remember they like th- sent some stuff through some buildings once and. A bunch of the buildings collapsed, and there were clearly people living in the buildings. Oh dear! Like, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I went. Uh, so I I went like, you know what? Before I kind of do a deep dive on this, yeah. I should just look into this and see if anyone else has figured this out. And uh, at least fifty. Uh, let's see, what is it specifically? At least fifty-nine people. Fifty-nine confirmed people have been killed in the Minions movies. Wow. Yeah, the Minions. Huh. And this is, by the way. Uh, mostly innocent people. <laughs> well, you don't. Men. You don't know. You don't know how there's innocent they villains, were. Yeah. You know, there's there's that kind of thing. Um, but but yeah, there's they they've murdered a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. Adam's family, I would say, uh, never killed anybody. You think like that boiling oil they were going to pour onto the carolers? Yeah. At the beginning of the first movie, probably that's going to kill somebody. But you don't see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah whereas yeah. the minions on camera murders. <laughs> like they have murdered more people than uh, Jigsaw in the Saw movies. Easy. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Well, how many Saw movies have there been? Like seven? Teen. Seventeen Saw movies. <laughs> so seven movies. Average um, average amount of deaths per film. Eh, I guess you're right. Five deaths probably per film. Yeah. Thirty five deaths in total. Yeah. And by the way, this is just the mm. on camera one. Oh, for, um, for minions, know. for minions. Well, that's all we can for judge. Minions, yeah. You don't know how many people have died in the Saw films off camera oh, either. So, sorry, maybe I'm incorrect. There are nine Saw movies. Oh, well, getting closer then, 45. Still not, still not the same. Yeah, yeah, it, says, uh, yeah it, says, it says here. Wait, wait, it says all eight Saw movies. Uh, they're working on the ninth one. Okay. Uh, okay, okay, okay. But what about that, jig, what about that Jigsaw's Revenge or whatever it's called? It could, it could very well be. Is that, part of this, is that considered part of the Saw series? And I bet that there and there's games as well. I don't know if those games are canon. Yeah, you know, we just count the movies because you could say the same thing about minions, probably. Oh, like how many people the minions kill in the games? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably kill a lot of people in the games. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, they're 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 murderers. Anyway, so that's the kind of shit I've been thinking about. Well, I like the fact that these little murderers are are, are memed all over the place. It's uh, heartening. And then uh, and then the, and then I went like, hey, I wonder if that clip of uh, when I when I did Beans Baxter. Uh, the TV show, like uh, I wonder if that's uh, finally like uh, online somewhere because it hasn't been for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and so I searched it down, I looked it up, and yeah, I'm there. In the first episode of a Fox series about a kid spy, um, and uh, I'm a I'm a Republican snob who comes up to him and like uh, I, I I shun him because his father's a garbage man. 
And, I, and so there you go. I do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I haven't actually seen that clip ever. I've never seen that clip. So I'm watching it for the first time. That's neat. Um, and <laughs> then, um, so I, I put that online. And someone goes, hey, that's Martin Cumming, uh, who's with you. I was like, well, because there's another snob that's with me. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's the guy who, um, uh, was speaking of, like, murder, he was killed by Jason in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Okay. At first uh, I thought he was really killed. I was like, what? No, no, he okay. was killed by Jason. Case was killed by Jason, yeah. Uh, he is now the uh, father on, uh, uh, or one of the fathers, uh, who's also a cop in Riverdale. Ah, um, okay. And I know him quite well, but I didn't know that we had done this. Like, we had done this thing and rehearsed all day, and I didn't realize, you know, that it was this actor that I... Okay. Kind of, you know, casually know. I was like, oh, that's yeah, yeah. interesting. And then I was like, the Beans Baxter guy looks incredibly familiar as well. What the hell has he done? And I went, like, you know what? I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And really was like, worked it through my brain for so long. I went, fuck it. I need to just check and see. <laughs> and um, it was uh, Mac and Me. What? He was one of the leads in Mac and Me. All Are right. you familiar with Mac and Me? I've never, I'm familiar with it. I've never seen it, of course. Okay. Very good. I have a life. Uh, he is the older brother in Mac and me. Yeah, he's the one who is not in the wheelchair. He is the one not in the clip that Paul Rudd shows every time he's on Conan O'Brien. Uh, but he is the uh, he's the brother in Mac and me. Was Paul yeah. Rudd in that film as well? No, sir, he was not. Oh, why does but he do why does he show a the, clip? Do you know of the it? running gag about that? No. Here's the running gag that's been going on for dear Lord, I can't tell you how many how long, probably 15 years. Okay. Um, but when Paul Rudd was on Conan O'Brien. Uh, he was supposed to bring a clip of his movie, and instead he brought this clip from Mac and Me, which is uh, of a, a, a little kid in a wheelchair who uh, starts getting out of control. Yeah. He goes off a cliff and it falls forever, and then hits some water, and then an alien pops up. <laughs> okay. And it's a bizarre clip, and it was a completely inappropriate and you know good fun. Yeah. And every time Paul Rudd has been on the show, every time. Uh, he has showed that clip. He has someone snuck that clip. <laughs> so now people just like wait for it and they're just delighted when it shows up. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Love it. No wonder he stayed so young. What a playful fellow. He is a playful, joyous fellow who knows how to dance. And you know something I didn't know about Paul Rudd was when he does those um, Jimmy Fallon shot-for-shot uh, shot music videos. Are you familiar with any of those? Not at all. Yeah. He, like There was one that was like the, the king of wishful thinking and also... Uh, Dead or Alive, you spin me right round. Um, they like, like a record, like a record baby, right, right, right round. Uh, so, <laughs> so he dresses up. They yep. dress up like the the singers. And we also did, I think, uh, uh, some the time on my hands. Uh, whoever does that is that Culture uh, Club? No, no, not at all. A different, um, a different time song. I was just guessing. I, I couldn't tell. Yeah, uh, but uh, he sings them as well. He doesn't just lip sync them and. And recreate him. He actually uh, sings in the style of the singer. Wow. So that guy's a talented, talented yeah. fucking guy. Sure. Yeah. But can he tap dance? Of course he can tap dance. Probably, probably can, you're right. Yeah. Of course he can tap dance. Hmm. Don't even, don't even start. <laughs> might as well ask if Sam Rockwell can tap dance. Can Sam Ro- of Rockwell tap dance? Of course he can. Oh, okay. Yeah. Try to stop him. <laughs> can't. Can't stop him. It's like uh, you get Dick Van Dyke shows up. Try to get him to stop tap dancing, even if it's not appropriate for whatever you're doing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he diagnoses murder where he's solving murders, and he's a doctor. Completely inappropriate for a guy solving murders and a doctor to be tap dancing. I'm sure he tap dances on diagnosis murder. 
I'm sure if I like entered diagnosis murder, tap dance into into YouTube, yeah. uh, infinite clips would show. Up. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Where he's basically dancing on people's graves. <laughs> well, he has to diagnose the murder. Yeah, with uh, with his friend Scott Bayo, star of Bugsy Malone. <laughs> Among other things, uh, is actually is that true? But uh, Scott Bale was his was his right hand man on that. On yeah. that was he like a cop? Nope, nope. He was another doctor. Oh, huh. He was his good looking sidekick. He was the eye candy. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So so in that show, I I, I somehow for some reason I thought that um, Dick Van Dyke's character was a fo- a coroner, but he's not. Oh. He's a doctor. I I think so. I will tell you, I have never watched an episode, so I do not. Ah, uh, okay, that's fine. You know, I would. I, you know what? Neither of us need to know anything about diagnosis murder because it's long off the air and it's completely irrelevant. And also, unless I, I unless can't talk we, about it to the guy yeah, tomorrow at work, unless we want to do a podcast about it, yeah. And then it's so close to a murder podcast, we might get some accidental listeners. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So yeah, he's a uh, he's uh, Mark Sloan, a medical doctor, solves crimes with the help of his son Steve, a homicide detective. There you go. I, by, I uh, knew it. Son Barry, but uh, yeah, uh, Scott Bayo was a doctor in it. Oh, I see. Yeah, his his son was a different actor, I guess. Yeah, playing a doctor called Jack Stewart. Because who cares? Who cares? Just yeah, what's his name? Jack Stewart. Thanks for putting the effort into it. <laughs> what's wrong with Jack Stewart? <laughs> Yeah, so bland. Okay. Jack Stewart. Yeah, what do you want it to be? Uh, uh, Travis Bickleby. <laughs> a, little, a little too close to uh, that movie track, Taxi Driver B. Oh, that's true. Okay, fair enough. All right. <laughs> Travis Bickleby. <laughs> yep, that that name. All right, we all agree. Diagnosis now, Murder, best show now, ever. Speaking of quality television. Quality television. Yeah. Um, it's about the time of the show oh. where uh, people go, is he going to keep talking about Dark Shadows? And uh, and we go, yes! <laughs> uh, Dave has been watching Dark Shadows on uh, on Tucci, which is the Stanley Tucci station. That's true. It's all and Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci movies, mm-hmm. but occasionally it will show Dark Shadows. Yeah. And uh, Dave has been catching us up on Dark Shadows, which of course is a show. From the 70s, that was a sitcom, not sitcom, soap opera. Yes. Um, that involved, has there ever been a sitcom with a vampire? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, wasn't, wouldn't that count for a month, the Munsters? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Yep, yep, you're right. He is Dracula, fair enough. That was, that was a long, yeah. That's fine, though. That's fine. I, it's, oh, it's dodgy whether he's actually Dracula, but yeah, okay. Yeah. He is Dracula. He's Dracula. It's fine. Um, but uh, so Dave's been catching us up on what's going on. That's true. Uh, Dave, I turn this over to you. Thank you. For dork shadows. <laughs> dork shadows. Just want to say actually that my favorite show in that station is Tucci Chichi, his uh, fashion <laughs> show. It's very good. All right. So um, last episode, I believe we ended the show with some. What was happening last episode? We had um, Joshua was was sent to the old house by, by Nathan, who wants to marry Millicent. And, and so he wants Joshua to be aware that he knows that Barnabas is not in England anymore, but he is right there in Collinwood and also is up to no good. And so uh, 
Joshua goes to the house, of course. He goes down into the basement. And then we we uh, end, ended that episode with, with the lid of the coffin opening and Barnabas's hand emerging from the coffin. And so the next show up, they, they, they leave out the actor having to awkwardly climb out of the coffin, which I think is a, always a good move. Good move. Just edit out that whole thing. We don't need to see, you know, Jonathan Fred, who's probably in his late 40s, you know, kind of a small guy, awkwardly trying to climb out of a box. So we cut to uh, Barnabas standing by the coffin, horrified that his father has discovered his secret, but not all his secrets. So he does not know that Barnabas is a vampire. He just knows that Barnabas is in a box. And he's having, oh, okay. he's having trouble dealing with the, the reality of this. There's a little bit of cognitive dissonance going on here. Um, now, so he and Barnabas kind of get into it. You know, he's, he's like, you know, you're, you died, didn't you die? And Barnabas is telling him that he is, he is cursed and he cannot, he has, he's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's father's having to deal with. And then, then Naomi arrives at the house. By the way, that's a very rude question to ask someone. Aren't you like, dead? Didn't you die? <laughs> Did you die? Rude, right? I was paraphrasing, but yes, yes, okay, it, is, right. it is rude. It, nevertheless, it's a it's a hard question to ask in any in any it situation. Is. Yeah, you're right. So Naomi arrives. And she's upstairs, and so Joshua has to has to leave Barnabas and return with Naomi to Collinswood because he does not want her to know that Barnabas is returned from the dead. I mean, that's what that's what. Joshua knows for sure is that he knows that Joshua was, was dead and now he is standing there talking to him. So he does not want her to discover this truth, but he knows that Nathan knows this. So he, now he has to be okay with the wedding. So he returns to Colin, Collinwood with Naomi and a smug Nathan is able to secure Joshua's approval, not his blessing Joshua points out, but his approval of his marrying Millicent Later, Joshua returns to Barnabas, returns to the old house, where they really get into it, and Barnabas reveals that he is a vampire. <gasps> he confesses to being the Collins, Collinsport Strangler, and Joshua is forced to preserve the family honor by shooting his son through the heart. And of course, he shoots him, and then Barnabas, Barnabas goes, ah, and he <laughs> leans over like, ah, and then he stands up and he goes, actually, you can't kill me. He's like, well, why did you make all that noise? And he goes, well, it still hurts to get shot. That's not, <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah, you try it. Barnabas then confesses to killing Trask, but not his aunt, uh, Abigail, who died of a heart attack upon the sight of him. That's a little different. But he doesn't deny it when Joshua says, but you would have killed her. And he's kind of like, eh, she wasn't that great. Joshua then insists that Barnabas return to Collinswood to live in the tower of the house because he wants to try to help him. And Barnabas is like, no, just let me like wander out into the world and just, you know, forget about me. And I'm just going to go off and be a murderer. And uh, Joshua's like, no, you're not. And if you try to do this, I'm going to tell, tell your mother about this and it's going to break her heart. <laughs> and so then Barnabas returns to the tower with his father. Meanwhile, Millicent tells her little brother, Daniel, who we have seen the same actor playing the younger son David in the in the more the more in the present version of the show present 1960s version she tells her little brother Daniel that she is to marry Nathan now everyone in the family is like well Nathan's just marrying you for the money because you are a dodo and she's like to prove that a I'm not a dodo and also that he is not marrying me for the money I am going I'm going to prove to you that Nathan is disinterested by transferring all my money to Daniel her younger brother 
which she does the day before her wedding, without telling Nathan. So now, so this is happening. So Joshua returns, and Naomi can see that Joshua has gone through something. He has been altered in some way. His spirit has been broken. Something about him is different. But he denies it. He's like, be gone, woman. <laughs> now, Barnabas is uh, being installed in the tower. Um, Naomi notices a light in that tower, and, there, and she knows that no one lives there. So then she's like, well, now there's, what's, what is the light in the tower? And Joshua, once again, he's like, be gone, woman. There's no light in the tower. <laughs> By the way, it's yeah. fun to just say be gone. <laughs> be gone, woman. <laughs> Maybe that's why I said it twice. Yeah. The next day, Millicent mentions seeing the light in the tower. And Joshua blusters. And she won't take it from him, though. Like, Naomi's like, well, I guess if you're going to like get mad at me, I forget about it. But Millicent's like, well, you can't tell me the light wasn't on. And he's like, well... I saw the light as well, he says to her. But really, it was just the play of the moon on the window with the clouds making it appear as if there were shadows moving inside. After the wedding, we don't see the wedding. It's just, we just see the, them coming back. After the wedding, Nathan announces that he has resigned his naval commission. Mm-hmm. At which point, Millicent realizes, oh, he did marry me for the money. And so she leaves crestfallen from the room. And uh, then, of course, Nathan's a little confused, but he's just sort of sitting there drinking and then Daniel tells, let's call him dumbfounded, a dumbfounded Nathan that Millicent has no money because the money is now Daniel's. Ah. And, and Nathan has a look of shock. A look, a really well-played look of shock. I got to give the actor some, some credit for looking like the rug and the world had just been pulled out from under his feet. So then uh, Nathan goes into town and just goes on a bender. This is their wedding day, by the way. So he's gone. Millicent's by herself, sobbing in her room. So then he returns, and he apologizes to her. And now he already knows that he's, he's got no money, that she's got no money. But now she confesses to him that she has no money. And of course, he's like, ha is that what you're worried about? I knew that. I mean, I didn't know that, but that's fine. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with that. You know, I love you for who you are, blah, 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 bunch of garbage. But then he has resolved before this point, now he starts to put this plan in action, that he's going to gaslight Millicent. So he begins by like hiding an earring that she has on a dresser. When she goes to put it on, it's gone. And he's like, oh, I didn't see it. Was it there? She goes, it was there. And then he pretends that he can't see the lights that are on in the tower when she's looking. And she's like, look, the tower. And then she hears dogs barking because dogs always bark when Barnabas is up to no good. And he's like, I don't hear anything. I think you're, I don't know if you're feeling very well. Maybe you should have the light on. So Joshua can't tell Naomi his wife, that Barnabas is alive, because he's worried that it will break her heart and kill her. But he does confide to Josette's Aunt Natalie, who's still hanging around. I don't know why she's still there. Josette is gone, dead. She dumped her death. But I'll just stay here for a while. So uh, maybe she's still in mourning, and it's not not right to just leave. So he confides to Aunt Natalie that Barnabas, quote-unquote, lives. And he tells her that Barnabas has been cursed by a witch. Now, the witch is, of course, Natalie's like, Vicky cursed? Barnabas, he's like, no, it wasn't Vicky. That's a bunch of garbage. Get that out of your head. <laughs> it was Angelique. And she's like, Angelique. Get that out of, get that out of your head. Hey, stop it. <laughs> Don't right. that. He says, be gone, woman. No. Uh, Angelique. <laughs> it's Angelique. And she's like, Angelique. And of course, um, Peter Bradford made a really good case for it being Angelique a little while ago. And she goes, I was, you know what? I've been thinking about this and I think you're right. He's like, well, I don't have to think. I was told this by a person who was dead and now alive. So well, let's agree that we all... So Natalie agrees to help. And what they do is they they have this little kind of seance thing. 
and she sends a psychic message out into the cosmos. And she says, someone's going to answer this message. They could come here for good or they can, could come here for ill. We don't know. But someone's going to appear. And um, where am I now? <laughs> oh, yeah, she sends a psychic message. Meanwhile, um, oh, yeah, they're doing this at, uh, they do this at uh, the old house, so no one will interrupt them. And so, for whatever reason, there was a painting of Josette over the, over the mantle. But when, when Barnabas moved back into the, into the old house, Barnabas the vampire, he took that picture of Josette and he moved it upstairs into, into her old room. And now there's a sort of painting of some nondescript guy hanging over the mantle. And so after they have this, after they send out the psychic message, the painting changes in front of her eyes from this old dude to Angelique, a painting of Angelique over the mantle. And she's like, Natalie's like, she is a witch. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nathan goads Millicent, who doesn't want to do it, but he goads her into going to the tower. He's like, if you see lights there, go over and investigate it. Or in other words, be gone, woman, and go into that tower and see what's there. So, uh, so she's on her way there. Um, Joshua and Natalie are sending their psychic message. Millicent goes up into the tower where she finds Barnabas. Now, Barnabas is like, get out of here. I don't want you to get in. I don't want you to, I don't want to hurt you. So just get out of here and don't tell anyone that you found me here. And she's all like, well, of course I'm going to tell everyone that I found you here. He's like, don't tell anyone that you found me here. And she's like, why not? I have to tell everyone. Barnabas, you're here. And he's like, oh, well. And then he bites her dick. And so she, uh, so then, uh, then we cut back to Joshua and Natalie awaiting their visit visitor in the foyer, or as they call it, the foyer of the, uh, of the new house of Collinswood. And suddenly the front doors blow open, revealing an old crone whose name is Bathia Mapes. It's a great name, by the way. <laughs> See, that's a good name. Yeah, it is a good name. How about that, Scott Bale? <laughs> Scott Bathia. She, yeah. she cannot, she comes in and she's, she's like really an old woman. She comes in and she's like, she says, I cannot sense the presence of the one who is cursed, but I sense the presence of a woman who is mad. Oh. And Joshua's. Oh, like is in crazy. Yes. Not just someone's upset. Yeah, not, not annoyed. <laughs> and then she says, and I can hear the laughter of one who is evil. So oh. she can hear the laughter of Angelique in the house. Okay. All right. All right. It's like that, is it? All right. So Joshua then goes to Barnabas's room where he finds no Barnabas, but he finds Millicent, whose wits have gone astray. And Millicent believes that she is, uh, hasn't married, not married to Nathan, and that she's, and she's just, she's gone cuckoo. Let's put it that way. Okay. So Bithia Mapes casts, so he goes back down and he says, you're right. Barnabas is gone and my cousin has gone insane so Bethia Mapes casts a spell to bring Barnabas back to Collinswood because she needs him to to be there for her for, for her to work her magic I guess and he's out and about hunting for uh, fresh uh, streetwalkers but she makes a light appear before him and he follows it back to, to Collinswood then they go to they're in the tower and she forces Barnabas to speak Angelique's name at first he tries and he can't so she puts her hand around his throat and she says speak her name and he does and then he like seems to collapse and she says you're not fooling me angelique i know you're still in him and then angelique uses barnabas to attack bathia mapes he grabs her and he starts strangling her and joshua has to use a candle i don't know why he's scared of a candle but he uses a candle to drive him back maybe it's angelique who's afraid of the candle afraid of the light and uh and bathia is afraid of angelique she says she is way too powerful for, to, for me like 
I'm afraid of my life here. This is crazy. I'm leaving. And Joshua convinces her to try again. So Bethiah says they have to go to the center of the evil, and that is the old house. They have to have a, a uh, ceremony there or spells there, said the spell there, but she cannot be disturbed. To be disturbed, casting the spell would be fatal to her. So that, that night, Joshua bossily has, you know, has bossily sent everyone away on some sort of like, um, some sort of speech or something like that in town. So they're all supposed to be there, but actually Millicent didn't go. So Millicent spies them, uh, spies Joshua taking Barnabas to the old house with Bethiah. So she knows something's up. She knows Barnabas is real. So they, uh, they go to the old house and uh, using a ribbon of, of Angelique, she begins to, her battle, her battle of spells. So when Nathan and, and Naomi returned to, the, to, to Collinswood after they've been at this, this outing, they discover a babbling Millicent who convinces Naomi that Barnabas might still be alive because she says she saw him going with her father to the old house. And Nathan attempts to stop her from going to the old house because he knows it's a dangerous place. He knows Barnabas is dangerous and he knows that his sister or his wife was killed there, not his sister, his pretend sister, real wife was killed there, Suki. So he's like trying to stop her from actually going there, but she goes. And so Bethiah is attempting to drive Angelique from, from Barnabas and from the house. And Naomi interrupts, breaking the spell. And a defeated Bethiah is burned alive by Angelique in front of her eyes. Well, yeah. sort of. There's a lot of flame. Someone holds like some flame up in front of the camera, and then when it right. when it goes back down, she's gone. But it's pretty well done. She's like, she's like, I need water. I'm thirsty. And then she's like, she's like trying to battle these flames that are invisible to, to everyone but to her. And then she disappears. Which, which reminds me of something that we haven't talked about on the show very much. But what's interesting on the set is it's they always have lighted candles all the mm. time. Like even what even in the like when the present period like. Like the old house does not have any electricity, and so Barnabas, it's all lit by candles when he's there. But for the for the this part of the show, when they're back in the past, like all the sets have candles, and they'll often do a little bit where the person will light a candle, and then the the, the, the light will come up with it to light Ooh. them more. And it's quite it's quite well done. But it's interesting to have like a set on a TV show have all these candles. Yeah. The only problem is, is I'm sure it worked originally, but because these are like kinescopes that we're watching. Uh, they have real trouble with that, with those kind of bright, bright uh, lights, and so right. you get this kind of a flaring uh, yeah, effect on the. Uh, and you were saying how they only do like one take. Yeah, that's know, right. Yeah. Clubs, and so you're not going to have that situation where like candles grow and shrink. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's just, the show was yeah done live to tape, so so yeah, you do get uh, of course all the misspeaking and, and whatnot, but um, so um, yes, so Joshua, <laughs> Joshua, is, probably feels a little defeated at this point. He comes back to uh, Collinwood and he tells Naomi that he now knows that Vicky is innocent. There's no doubt of that. And he then uh, asks to speak to the judge, goes to the jail, goes to visit Vicky in the jail, and he speaks to the judge and he attempts to convince the judge that his sister was wrong, that Trask were wrong, and that Vicky is actually innocent, that there, that she had nothing to do with the events at Collinwood. But the judge says, we've already had a trial. Unless you're going to bring forward new evidence, you know, we're, the, the sentence will stand. She must be. She must be hanged, and so Joshua leaves in defeat. And at this point, Peter Bradford goes into action. <laughs> he he uh, steals, takes a gun from the holster of the jailer, and holds him at gunpoint and frees Vicky. Unfortunately, while he's trying to tie up the jailer, Vicky is instructed to hold the gun, which was not a great idea. And uh, the jailer kind of breaks free, grabs Vicky, 
fights battles over the gun with her, the gun goes off and shoots Vicky through the arm. So she's bleeding quite badly, and they they run, they run away, they run away from the uh, jail. So then we find them holed up in the old house where where they're discovered by Ben Stokes, a faithful family, somewhat faithful. He really hates Joshua, which he should, but uh, he finds Peter and Vicky holed up at the old house, and he immediately uh, starts tending Vicky's wound. He has uh, Peter go and get some bandages, and he starts, and he looks at her wound, and he discovers that uh, luckily for her the bullet went through it's not it's not embedded in her arm okay so he's able to to tie it off and everything but then Daniel arrives the little boy comes there because he's upset because Nathan who used to be kind to him is now very mean to him mm. he doesn't realize of course that Nathan's very angry because Daniel now has all this money that Nathan cannot use but uh, so he comes to the house and of course Ben doesn't want Vicky and Peter don't want to be seen there, and so they hide in this little kind of secret little room in the in the living room. And uh, but when Daniel comes in, he notices this this uh, <laughs> kind of obvious. I don't know why no one noticed all these drops of blood, like big splotches of blood, leading to this to this spot. And then they're like then one's like half of a spot up. So he opens up this room and discovers Vicky and Peter in there. So they he has no problem. You know, he says, like, he, he kind of gets Vicky up to date. You know, she doesn't know that Millicent was married. So she's like, what? Millicent married Nathan? That guy is okay, but he's a dog. And then uh, and then discovers that um, that Nathan's being very cruel to Daniel. And, you know, but she, and she wishes she could help, but she can't go to the house. So so then Ben is going to, to find them a place to hide. And so they send Daniel home. And so he leaves. And then Ben takes Vicky and Peter to the secret room in the mausoleum. They don't realize it, though. Daniel did not go home. He followed them to the mausoleum. He, doesn't, he only sees them go inside, though. He doesn't know that there's a secret room. So when Daniel returns to Collinwood, Nathan confronts him and accuses him of being with Vicky because he notices there's blood stains on Daniel's uh, jacket. And, but Daniel denies it and won't admit to, to that. But Nathan really wants to find her because he wants the reward. So while Vicky is laying or sitting on the floor of this of this cold tomb in the mausoleum in the secret room of this of this uh, mausoleum uh put there it turns out to um as a secret storage for guns and ammunition during the during the revolutionary war ah, okay vicky has a dream and in, the, <laughs> and in this dream a coffin is opened and someone pulls these white gloves out of the coffin and carefully puts them on his hands and then walks over behind daniel and begins to strangle him. And then the camera travels up, and it's Nathan. Ah. And Vicky wakes up and realizes that not only is Daniel, not only is Nathan being mean to Daniel, but Nathan plans to kill Daniel. And so she wants to, of course, return immediately to Collinswood to let Naomi know what's going on. But Peter's like, well, you can't, because you'll be captured and return to be hanged as a witch. And she's like, but I have to tell Naomi that, that Daniel's in trouble. And so Peter says... Listen, I'll go. I'll go. I'll talk to Naomi. You stay here. Here's a pistol to keep you safe. I'll be right back. But we all know how well the pistol went last time, of course. That's a good idea to give everyone. So he goes. Meanwhile, Daniel is captured by Noah. I don't know if people remember Noah, but no one is kind of Nathan's henchman who was doing some dirty work last time. This time he's doing even worse dirty work. He has been told by Nathan to kidnap Daniel, to take him out to sea in a boat, and then get rid of him. So... Noah kidnaps Daniel, takes him to a fishing shack where he's going to hole up until a storm passes over and he's going to take him out to sea and sink him. But while 
the shutters blow open in this storm, Daniel manages to escape the fishing shack. The fishing shack. Shack runs to the cemetery, finds a mausoleum, and calls for Vicky's help. And Vicky hears him and opens the door and brings him inside. And Noah, who's hot on his trail, heard his voice, but when he enters the mausoleum, cannot find him anywhere. And he looks around carefully, but he is befuddled. And so he has to go back and tell Nathan, an angry Nathan, that he has failed. Um, so they both go out searching for Daniel. Peter contacts... So Peter shows up, and he uh, is able to talk to Naomi, tells her that Vicky is safe but injured. So Naomi wants Peter to bring Vicky back to, the, to Collinswood so she can look after her. So then he takes some stuff with him and returns. But Daniel, who's in the mausoleum with, with Vicky, then he decides he should go back to Collinswood. Because he's worried about he's worried about Vicky and he wants to go there and get help. So, despite Vicky saying no, no, stay here. Let's wait for Peter to get back. That's the safest thing. Daniel leaves, and as soon as he walks out the door of the mausoleum, Noah catches him and begins strangling him. And Vicky comes out and is forced to shoot Noah. And although she tries to help him, he dies. Oh. They go back and hide in the mausoleum. At which point Peter arrives, finds the body and the gun, and as he's standing there with the gun, standing over Noah, Nathan arrives and captures him. And takes him back to jail. And that is where this episode of Dork Shadows ends. <laughs> so there we go. Lots of doings. Lots of doings. And please, everybody, no spoilers. <laughs> if you know what happens in the future. I hope you're enjoying this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty silly. But it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of incident in this show, I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a soap opera that really moves along. And it doesn't really have a lot of the same plots that um, typical soap operas do. Yeah, it, it, it does move along. Like, someone will say something like, it was six months ago that this happened. I'm like, that only six months ago? What? I mean, so many things have happened. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, it's good. It's a lot of fun. A lot of silly fun. That's very, very neat. Uh, just a little, uh, uh, two follow-ups. Uh, one I mentioned earlier, I had grocery problems this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I get groceries delivered, and uh, they have a thing that uh, happens while the person is, is getting the groceries where they, they can talk to you. And I got the feeling from this guy that he wasn't looking for anything really, <laughs> like at all. And uh, and, and uh, long story short, it ended up with him uh, giving all the wrong groceries on my porch. So uh, I ended up with like a oh, 20 that's bag great. of potatoes and a big thing of apples. And, uh, you know, Were you able to get rid of them? What's that? Were you able to get rid of them? Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, I was I contacted uh, Instacart and went, uh, "Could you could you get these things?" They were like, "Oh, legally we can't." And uh, I said, "Well, okay. Here's the thing. You, I didn't order any of this, so basically you just threw a bunch of garbage onto my porch and went. It's your problem. It's your problem. Deal with it." Uh, I did end up dealing with it. Uh, let's just say that the the, 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 ta- the tail end of the story is it got dealt with. But it was just like it was just weird to me that like. You could like put a bunch of stuff on a person's porch and then just go like, yeah, it's yours. You gotta, you gotta deal with that. There you are. And I asked them like, well, what, what should I do with it? And it's like, well, you should, should give it to charity then. I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds like a good idea. So that was my first, that was my first go. And I was like, okay, let's call it the food bank. Like, uh, would you, would you take this? And they went, no. It's COVID times. We're not taking fruits and vegetables. Oh man. yeah, yeah, that's a problem, yeah. isn't it? Shit. I'm like, oh, that's great. I like literally did not have the room for any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't have the room in the fridge for a gallon of milk. I don't have the room for a twenty-pound bag of potatoes. Yeah, and I'm not going to be able to go through twenty pounds. So, um, so no, but I have found homes for them, and I, I oh, gave some to our friend that. Nina, 
and she just posted a delightful picture. Uh, with, uh, like I gave her some apples. Yeah. I gave her some potatoes. She posted a delightful picture of some potato salad she made with apples and potatoes. Oh, nice. So you know what? It's idea. all worked out okay. Yeah, good. What kind of apples and, were they? And, what's that? What kind of apples were they? Uh, gala. That's pretty good. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, they're not the they're not the most flavorful thing in the world. And and uh, and they said to me like because uh, and of course I didn't get my grocery. So I was like, yeah. uh, can I get those groceries? And like, well, we tried to call the guy and we can't find him anymore. So he's now on the lamb with my groceries. So I'm like, oh, okay, could I get my money back? I was like, yeah, but it's going to take a while. Like, well, how long? It's like about a week and a half <laughs> to get my money. It's like, okay. So, yeah, I uh, I kind of pursued it a little bit hard. And then finally, finally, literally like 45 minutes into our discussion, I was like, could you just get me my groceries again? And I'm like, well, we're not supposed to do that. But you know what? I think I could probably pull a few strings. Like, <laughs> Okay, so the the strings you'll pull will end up me getting the thing that I ordered. <laughs> Pretty huh. good. And, and then they made a big thing about like, okay, but well, we're going to give you our express service for a month. Like, oh, okay, express service for a month. Let's see how much this saves me. So basically, on every uh, thing of groceries that I order, save a dollar. <laughs> Pretty good. Sweet. Pretty sweet. Express service. Put it towards some gum. We get you the wrong stuff faster. Oh yeah, yeah. It was interesting though. It was almost like like I was annoyed at the time, yeah. but it was it was almost like an episode of Chopped. And it was like, okay, <laughs> what are you gonna forget? What you were gonna make for the next couple of days? Yeah, yeah. What could you make from? We got milk, a lot of milk. Yeah. We got we got to apples. Yeah. And we got potatoes. Yeah. Oh, and also there were uh, chocolate chip muffins. Chocolate chip muffins. What do you, Did you keep those? Did you keep the chocolate chip muffins? Well, yeah, Pia likes them. I don't like chocolate. <laughs> um, oh, and bananas. We also had some bananas. So I'm making banana bread. Okay. Um, gonna be making some hash browns that I'm gonna freeze. Okay. Probably make some applesauce. Maybe an apple pie. Cool. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds like, all sounds that's good. About, that's probably where I'm gonna go with it. Yeah. If if uh, we could see each other, I would give you potatoes and, and apples. <laughs> yeah, I could use those. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry I would. To... Uh, yeah, that's with well, so milk, potatoes. Yeah, scallop potatoes. I've never uh, made scallop potatoes. I love scallop potatoes, but I've never made them. Mm, yeah, it's a good it's a good one for Easter when you have some ham. Uh, I got a little bit of ham. What are you, what are you talking about? How do I make scalloped potatoes? What's the what's it? Oh, I I'd have to look it up, but it's it it does use milk. You know, you, you like um, chop up onions really finely, and then you have like a milk onion thingy that you pour over the the potatoes after you've scalloped them, and then like after you cut them all into little pieces, okay. and then you put it in the oven and just cook away, cook away. Sounds good. Uh, it's gonna be too late by the time you guys like hear this. But what would you do with milk? <laughs> I'm going to give you a chop challenge. Yeah. Milk, apples, bananas, potatoes. What are you going to make with, with those? What do you do? So let me know. Can you have know. other ingredients or just those ingredients? Yeah, yeah. Of course you can have other ingredients. Okay. I got basic ingredients. I got, a, yeah. I got a very nice spice cupboard full of things. I could probably, I got, I, yeah. Those are the base though. We've got to feature these. I got to, I got to, I got to know that those are in there. Okay. So yeah. something I like to make that no one in my, my, my house likes is, um, I call it a Spanish omelet, but I don't know what it, what it actually is. But it's just like uh, roasted potatoes, like fried potatoes yeah. with onions, and then you uh, you add uh, 
like like you kind of make like you're gonna make scrambled eggs. You know, take some eggs and add milk to it, a little bit of milk. Then you pour it you pour it over the potatoes and onions when they're when they're cooked. And then you let it kind of set. And then you put you have to put it in a cast iron firing pan to make it really work. And then you put it in the oven mm-hmm. and let it cook in there for a bit. And then you pull it out and you have like a nice kind of egg pie with potatoes and onions. And it's real good. Very nice. It's a nice stick to your rib sort of a meal. That, uh, uh, I enjoy good. with a scrambled egg. I sometimes like a softer scrambled egg, mm-hmm. what they would call a French scrambled egg. Okay. And um, uh, New York Magazine this week yeah. uh, released a recipe sure. uh, for how to make those. Like normally, traditionally, how you make that. Very low heat, very slow. Yeah. Quite a bit of butter. Probably going to put in a lot of cream. I don't really put cream into my eggs. But, uh, you know, quite a bit of butter. Here's what they suggest, and you get the same results. But uh, you can cook it in a minute and a half. Mm. Um, you make a slurry out of potato starch. Yep. And three times the water that you've got for whatever you use for potato starch. Mix that up. Then add your eggs. Mix mix those in. Yep. Put a bit of salt in. Boom. Uh, pan, medium heat. Doom, put it put it in there. Just you know, push it towards the middle as you do. You know, make the curds, make the curds about a, a minute and a half in. It's uh, not looking like it's totally done, but you know, it's going to cook on the plate as well. Uh, put it onto your plate, and uh, it's just uh, fantastic. So it was, it was so good. It does sound good. Very soft. Yeah, it was soft, but not too soft. Mm. That's uh, the thing. <laughs> uh, when I was getting my groceries, yeah, uh, I was looking for potato starch. And the guy uh, wrote me a note saying, like, yeah, they don't got no potato starch. I'm like, okay. And so I asked for this tapioca flour instead. No, they ain't got that. Okay, they don't have that. And it was basically everything that I was ordering. It was like, no, they ain't got that either. No, they got this. To the point where it's like, they, they do. You're just not looking. <laughs> and, so, and so the interesting thing was, after he threw uh, infinite potatoes and apples onto my porch and then fucked off for parts unknown... <laughs> living high on my groceries for forever yeah uh, i reordered the groceries and the and and so another shopper went to the store and was like oh yeah it's all here that wasn't hard to find there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a little bit of me going i like the satisfaction of knowing that i was right <laughs> i guess yeah but right the first time would have been better it would have been it would have been a lot better it would save me some time but you know there you go um stupid little bit of trivia that i'm just going to throw at you sure before please the letters. please do all right. When we were when we were talking about Scott Bale thing, yeah, uh, uh, and of course Diagnosis Murder, they had a list of guest stars that appeared on Diagnosis Murder. Mm. One of the guest stars that appeared on Diagnosis Murder, yep. was Rob Petrie. <laughs> what from the Dick Van Dyke Show? Yeah, yeah. Here's what happened. I, I, I want to hear. Uh, the Diagnosis Murder doctor yeah. was walking in a radio station, looked in a window, and you could see like the DJs there. It's Rob Petrie, but from a clip from the Dick Van Dyke show. So it's in black and white. Whereas, and then the doctor who's in color, it walks behind him and looks at him and is like, should I go in? Nah, I probably shouldn't. But it was from an episode where Rob was a, uh, was a, was a DJ. And so there was black and white Rob Petrie was in this world of diagnosis murder. That's, uh, that's weird. That's no, wrong. Just <laughs> goddamn wrong. Also, Laura Petrie shows up in an unrelated uh, episode. Yeah, huh. and here's a here's the thing. Uh, uh, so they didn't the, they didn't colorize the black and white clip. They did not. It's bizarre. David Lynchian, the best. Very Lynchian. Um, but here's a, here's the thing I wanted to throw at you, just as a weird, a weird bit of trivia that may interest you. Maybe it won't. Um, Try. But did you, you used to, did you watch the Dick Van Dyke Show? Were you a fan of the show? Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So. Um, uh, of 
course, there was, uh, you know, uh, Buddy and there was Sally. They were the other writers. Yes. Buddy was based on a writer from your show of shows, as was um, Rosemary's character, Sally. Yeah. Uh, so who was Buddy based on? The joke machine. The I guess Mel Brooks, I guess. Absolutely. It was based on Mel Brooks. That's the easy one. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Sally yeah. was based on a, uh, a female writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who she was based on? Oh, gosh. I just read her name in that Woody Allen book. So I should, oh, very good. Yeah, I should okay. know that, and but I, I don't remember Selma her name. Was that right? Uh, Selma Diamond. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So you might remember from Night Court. Those of you who know Night Court, she was in two seasons of Night mm-hmm. Court. She mm-hmm. had that kind of voice. She was Flo, wasn't she? Or some kind of name like that? Uh, oh, this is a very good question. Uh, <laughs> on Night Court, this is She was uh, Selma. Oh, Selma. Selma. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. That is okay. Sorry. Don't you worry about it. Sorry. Sorry about that. You might also know her as gas station attendant in Macmillan and White. That's what, what I know her. That's what I know her from. Of course you do. Of course you do. All right, I'm going to go to our letters now. Uh, they should have had letters. a show. This what I just want to say. They oh. should have had a show where Selma Selma Diamond. That's her name, right? Selma Diamond. Yeah. And Lionel. What was that guy's name? The guy from the, the Heart to Heart. Heart. Yeah, Heart to Heart guy. Okay. They should have had a show where they were together. Sure. As a couple. And uh, they hang out with Doris Growl <laughs> from The Simpsons as well. And they all have that. They all got, uh, listen, what's going on here? Oh, it I don't know like, anymore. Uh, whoever replaced Selma Diamond on Night Court also had one of those voices. Is that right? Voices. And oh. I think she passed away as well. It was, uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, good for Selma Diamond. Good for her. Uh, our question last week was, What's a skill you recently learned? Hmm. We also had a question, which was, uh, what's something harmless you might see in popular media that really bugs you? Also, a sub-question from our friend Jonathan, were you ever asked a question that was so profound or essential to you that it caused you to change your perspective or attitude to life? Now, uh, if uh, these are all questions that you can answer at any time, even if we read the answers now. If you answer these in the future... We will probably go back and we'll read your answer uh, later. So don't, if you go like, oh, I couldn't think of one then, but now I can. That's absolutely (laughs) fine. So our friend Louise writes, uh, a skill I recently learned, lamp repair. This week, the pull chain on my lamp jammed in the off position. So I watched some videos on YouTube, picked up a new socket uh, with a pull chain switch from Home Depot. Uh, a lot of plugs there for YouTube and Home Depot. <laughs> uh, I wanted to use the original chain, so I replaced the new one with the old one on the switch. Then I wired up the new socket and reassembled the lamp. So far, it's working fine. That's great. This week also I taught myself how to mix tracks uh, using Audacity uh, because <laughs> of the uh, pandemic. Is that what it is? It's Audacity, right? Yes. Uh, because yeah. of the pandemic, my uh, choir is only meeting virtually. Uh, so we're doing some home recording and sending out our parts, uh, sending our parts to our conductor for mixing. For fun, I recorded all three parts for one song. After watching more YouTube videos, uh, I figured out how to combine them with a piano track and adjust the levels to bury my weak notes. Uh, uh, I know recording artist engineer Sarah Walsh, even though I did enjoy her Chumba Wumba playlist, uh, <laughs> but it was a really good. Ex- I did enjoy it as well. But it was a really good exercise. Now I have a much greater appreciation for all the work that goes into producing recorded music. 
even odd novelty songs, such as one might hear on the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Oh, those are the kind of plugs I like. Oh, this is this is fantastic. Well, she knew how she learned how to repair plugs. When she was doing this in the <laughs> That's good to uh, know. As for the sub question, it bugs me how often ballet dancers are portrayed as troubled as or insane. See the red shoes, black swan, red sparrow. It seems these are all color related. Flesh and bone, pretty little things. That said, ballet does have a history of promoting unhealthy body issues. And you do have to be a little nuts to jam your feet into point shoes and dance, which I did for a few years. <laughs> sub, sub, question. It was less profound, uh, uh, it was less prof uh, profound question than a comment, but it did change how I saw myself. My high school art teacher said of something I said or did, that shows you're not as cynical as you pretend to be. It surprised me that I came across as cynical at the age of 18. I thought that was something you had to uh, be older to become, but I owned it. Better cynical than gullible, I say. <laughs> All right. Uh, Edward uh, Dragansky writes, now I am not going to read the middle bit because it is all technical. So I'm just going to go from the top bit to the bottom bit because there's a lot of technical stuff. But if you want to know how to work the technical stuff about JPEGs and logos, that is on our Sneaky Dragon page. Um, <laughs> Last year, I took on the responsibility of learning Wix. Do you say that or do you say W-I-X? I think Wix is the name of the... All right. So that I could maintain our company's website. It's, uh, it's easy to use the free version, kind of a plug-and-play interface. So that's uh, what I had to work with because my employers didn't want to spend money on a website. It's about a 50-50 shot on whether our website will do something uh, my company owners wanted to because the free version is limited in certain ways. But we got it looking pretty good, just in time for our creative director to change our company logo. <laughs> Sometimes job security pays off at the sacrifice of my sanity. Then uh, he goes into some advice about, uh, you know, we were talking about your Adobe Illustrator uh, issues. And we get into a whole thing about logos and JPEGs. And it's cool, but me reading it out loud, I think, would be a bit dry. So I am <laughs> I'll just say, on. let me just say then. Uh, yep. Thank you, Ed, for your advice. I really do appreciate it. And uh, I may take you up on your offer of, of assistance. And uh, but I just also want to say that I I did do some I did do the, some of the things you suggested. I I have done in the past as well. So some some logos or some fonts that I wanted to use, I could not locate uh, a version of. And I feel like something like the Care Bears logo was probably like a handmade logo, not using maybe based on uh, on an existing font, but changed enough that it was not recognized by what the font so um yeah anyway if anyone's interested in that go please go to the website and and take take a take a gander at ed's comments uh if there is some good advice there com and or uh add your own if you got your own tips please uh build on that. i just i just did i did like his comment though at the bottom where he said you wouldn't believe the fonts that are available online that are made to recreate famous word marked logos it's like the bubblegum pop cd collection you mentioned to mary on listening party that was compiled by a crazy person it's endless <laughs> i just like that comment and also sneaky dragon listening party popular media goes on to say popular media is so full of quirky pet peeves and unrealistic responses. It drives me nuts when someone in a movie or show orders a drink for another and they leave the scene without drinking it. Oh boy, don't even start. <laughs> uh, let me let me say, uh, my friend uh, my friend Liz uh, may mention um, of, of something she hates, which is uh, you get a, a parent 
who is making a it's a weekday and it's in a show and they make an enormous buffet breakfast huge and then uh the uh, kid comes in and uh, gets serves a plate of scrambled eggs big plate of scrambled eggs yeah and then they uh they hear the bus outside take one bite of bacon sip of orange juice <laughs> leave and then the parent takes the scrambled eggs right to the trash yeah that chunk Ugh. That infuriates me. That's what. <laughs> um, you know, know what you began? Uh, I was that was my kid. Uh, guess what we're having for uh, dinner? Breakfast for dinner. That's what we're having. Um, Can I just say a quick one? I hate that I just thought of. Please. I hate when people hang up phones without saying goodbye. Yeah. I don't. Why not? Just say goodbye. Just say goodbye. Say bye. What is, there, is, there a, uh, is there a word limit on this script? Come on. Is, is goodbye copyrighted? Is it like happy birthday? <laughs> Say goodbye you know? to someone. I just hate that when people are like, yeah, the turns out the turns out the murderer had uh, a positive blood. Click. The guy just hangs up the phone. Like, and the other person that led there, hello? Yeah. Did, did, you, he hear, did you hear me? Did you hear what I, I said? He, a positive blood. Hello? Hello? I don't know. I better, maybe I should phone back. Ring, ring, ring. Hello? Yeah, it's just me calling back from the medical examiner's office. Uh, just want to let you know that the guy had a. I know, I know that. Well, why didn't you say goodbye? I thought you go. Could... Yeah, anyway. And and continuing the breakfast rant. Yes. Uh, same. Uh, Edward goes on. Same goes for the meal in No Country for Old Men, where Tommy Lee Jones pushes his entire breakfast away without eating a bite. <laughs> Not even a bite of bacon and a sip of juice, a la everything else. <laughs> uh, to be fair, he's sick to his stomach over a story in the newspaper. Uh, but uh, that's the most important meal of the day, Tommy. No, it's not real. That was made up by Big Breakfast. Uh, oh, come so. on. Uh, how about uh, John Wick's uh, hearing? All those gunshots in confined spaces, and he can uh, still hear the next 12 guys around the corner? I guess we're supposed to think about uh, uh, those things. I guess we're not supposed to think about those things, but I'll, I'm sure I'll think of more. Oh, one more. He's right. He did think of it. <laughs> How does James Bond clean up so damn quickly? Nobody takes a fucking beating like Daniel Craig's 007. And in the next scene, he looks like he's healed as if he were Wolverine. I guess he's uh, 007 for a reason, and that's it. I mean, and, and honestly, we saw what happened to him in the first movie. His genitals are a public of Picasso painting. <laughs> like any woman that goes to bed with him should be going, God, what's that? How'd that happen? Are you okay? That can't be right. But they don't. Um, Lisa Williamson, who you know. I'm familiar, and, I'm familiar uh, with her. Yeah. Uh, has been a guest on the show. And, uh, you know, has a connection to you. What is the connection? Try to guess. It says, <laughs> a skill I learned recently. Well, I don't know if this qualifies as a skill. But I just learned how to download stuff on a computer. <gasps> I know. So 1995. Even better, uh... Uh, this time last year, I learned how to copy and paste. Unbelievable! Such progress. Before this pandemic is over, I might even master the screen share. That's a pretty big ask. I'll keep you posted. Yes. Please do. But learn from the Sandra Bullock movie, uh, The Net. You know, things can go terribly wrong when you mess with the internet. So be very, very careful. Please. Please. Um, Laurel Robertson writes... Well, can I just say that Lisa did write one more thing that was... Uh... It was on episode 481. Okay, it's a response to... Yeah, uh, right. So uh, RJ had written and had thanked thanked her for doing the horse in the gray flannel suit. And Lisa right. wrote back to say, thanks for the thanks. 
And thanks for the movie poster recommendation. I, too, have a personally signed copy of Hunter Seat Equitation, but all I got written in mine was a scrawly name, sad face. I think you would enjoy The Horse in the Grey Flannel Suit. Give it a watch. That's her recommendation. There we go. Uh, Laurel Robertson, back to this episode, or last week's episode. (laughs) Hello, Laurel. Um, Laurel Robertson writes, Hello, David and Ian and Sneakers. Have you had a good week? Is everybody doing all right? David, you doing all right? Pretty good. Okay. Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, going a little squirrely, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> now we just got to wait here from every one of our listeners. Second. Oh, boy. Hurry up, you oh, guys. They're not writing in, I guess, because the show isn't live. <laughs> for- I should probably move on. We forgot about My that. My answer to the question of the week, the skill I have learned this past year, is kind of a grandma thing. Because my manager at work handed down a giant Barbie dream house to my three-year-old granddaughter, Gracie, and her eight-year-old stepsister. I was inspired to first create a couple of matching beds for the two scroungy Barbies the girls have. Uh, These beds are complete with uh, matching sheets and pillows. Then, because the two scroungy Barbies were naked, why are they always naked? I started (laughs) sewing clothes for the Barbies, uh, using fabric scraps and old clothes I have saved. Uh, These outfits are sometimes kind of odd and rudimentary. I'm getting uh, better, though. Uh, I've added a couple of new Barbies to the girls' collection, and they're all currently clothed. Last time (laughs) I asked my daughter. It has been uh, good practice on the uh, 1935 Singer sewing machine I have that was my own grandma's. It's a wonderful machine. Still purrs like a kitten. I'll make sure a cat is not stuck in it. That's it. That is the case. Sometimes they do crawl in there for warmth. Um, since starting on doll clothes, I've also done up some curtains and new cushions for the porch swing. I learned to sew uh, years ago, just haven't taken the time to do it in ages, and it's very satisfying. Uh, so, yeah, around uh, here, I got my little office here, and then there's a big sewing machine corner uh, real close to me, and uh, that's where my wife and my sister-in-law were making lots of masks at the start of the uh, pandemic. Oh, okay, yeah. So we still have uh, remnants of many, many masks. <laughs> um, the sub-questions, both are great questions, but I'm still thinking on those. Okay, well, anytime you want to answer them, that's fine. Blessings all. Blessings back to you. P.S. Husband and I are also learning to play guitar as we gave each other one for Christmas. Oh, I am as well. That's great. Uh, and then I got, uh, then my guitar, it's, it's kind of, the strings are losing their one. So I've uh, moved on to the ukulele. Ah. And because the ukulele is a guitar minus a couple of strings. So I'm <laughs> kind of fooling around on that. And there's a master class class that I'm following along with right now that I don't know if it's great, but I am trying to, uh, I'm spending a lot of time tuning the dance. Um, but it's, uh, but it's good. It's good so far. It's good so far. We'll see. I was so trying to uh, learn guitar as well, but it won't stop weeping. <laughs> well, that's nice. That's a uh, George right. Harrison style. So we do have a, e- we do have an email actually. <laughs> Let me pull up emails. This is from two time question and answer episode winner jonathan bampton unlike unlike laurel robertson who is a one-time question and answer episode winner but still once is better than none uh true jonathan writes hi ingenious ian and didactic didactic dave i feel like i got the short end of the shrift there the short end of the stick i meant to say i got shrifted anyway 
hope there's no statute of limitations on answering questions, because here are my answers for some previous expired ones. Apologies. No need to apologize. As we said last episode, we welcome you trawling through the through our past episodes and answering questions of old shows. That's fine. We those all no questions expire. Question of the week: What movie or TV show would you like to improve by replacing one cast member? The world TV show that is America was improved very recently <laughs> by removal of one of the principal cast members. Boom tish. Sub question from delightful Louise: What song makes you cry? So many Brian Wilson songs make me well up, as cliched as that is. Caroline No is but only one example, but even into the later brother years, there are occasional moments of romance, though they become a little childish in lyrical content. Weren't they always, though? With a little thing, it's like a J? I don't know what the J means. Anyway. So sad about us by the Who, particularly the lift into the bridge, always gives me a leaky eye. I think because Pete Townsend's lyrics seem genuinely heartfelt and reflective to wistfully miss a relationship, but have the maturity to acknowledge that fact while also acknowledging that you're still going to hurt over it for a long time is perfectly conveyed in a wonderful piece of power pop of just three minutes or so. Townsend has many other songs on the theme of love in general, but there's always an intellectual part to them that removes the listener a little bit. Also, First Time I Ever Saw Your Face by Roberta Flack, which my wife and I played at our wedding, always used to make me cry. Now, for some reason, I think of, I think of it more as a spiritual song. It's an, it's an uplifting number that makes me energetic while also making my agnostic mind contemplate the divine. Great stuff. What a voice she has. A sign of a great song is that it can make you feel different emotions over time. And then... What is something harmless you might see in popular media, media that still really bugs you? You may know that Australia is the home of the friendly diminutive noun. Some other English-speaking countries stick their feet in the water occasionally with the likes of veggies, yui, and aircon, but we seem to abbreviate the hell out of everything. We usually chop off the last syllable of a word and add o, servo for service station, ambo for ambulance staff, etc., my wife is Colombian, so her Spanish is always littered with the suffix ito all the time, which always brings a smile to my face. I am her esposito, little husband, for instance. I suppose this is common to all dominions simplifying the motherland's language. I try to limit myself to a handful of diminutives so I don't become a walking cliché, but it's hard. Over the last ten years or so, the media has increasingly used the word fiery or fireries to to describe people working for the fire brigade that sounds like a hard way to say something like that i have to say i became particularly aware of it during the tragic east coast fires of january 2020 i however am convinced this is only a newly minted term yet everyone around me tells me it's been around forever to me <laughs> fiery sounds more like a term for an arsonist than a firefighter don't you think it also doesn't help that it's that it is close to a similarly spelt adjective of a similar meaning McElliot, please help me. Do you remember Fiery being around forever, or is it just me? Determinations made by fellow sneakers, or should it be sneakos, are binding. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Thanks for the chicken advice, Dave. P.S. Ian, pool update, please. One, is your regular still open? Uh, no, it is not. That I know of. Two, are, keep, are people keeping in their lanes and being generally COVID compliant? Yes, because it's, it's not open. 
And three, this is non-COVID related, have you ever seen any band-aids floating in the water? Or is that an urban myth like flies in soup? You know what? I've only seen it in outdoor pools. Yeah. That's an outdoor pool situation. And I think it's uh, mostly kids. Yeah, I think that's why. I think that's why. It's a summer thing more than anything else. Yeah. Well, that was John. Well, thank you very much. When you see one, make a wish. (laughs) That certainly takes away the, the the horror of seeing a bandage go floating by you. All right, well, there we go, everyone. So the question of the week this week is, what... I was saying earlier that I've never seen Space Jam, which feels like a movie that everyone of a certain generation has seen. And I've also never seen Dances with Wolves. And I got to the point where I just started, like, not wanting to see it just because I was the only person... You haven't never seen it either? No. You and me, brother. Okay. Us against the world. So what, what movie or record or TV show that everyone loves or everyone's watched, everyone talks about, have you never actually seen? And our second question, sorry, I'm just bent bent away from the mic there for a second. I'm just grabbing my notebook to go look for our next question here. Our next question. Oh, speaking of Mick, Mick writes in for his sub sub question or sub question in this case. Do you have a question, Ian? Oh, I'm just going to go with my uh, potatoes, apples and. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I'm going to make that as a sub question if that's okay. Sub sub question for Mick is what is the strangest pet you've ever had? Mm. What is the strangest pet you've ever had? What would you do chopped style with a 20 pound bag of potatoes, a 10 pound bag of apples and some bananas and chocolate muff chocolate chip muffins? Oh, and, sure. You can throw those in if you want. And what was the other one? Gallon of milk. Gallon of milk. Gallon of milk and it's two large bunches of bananas. Two two large bunches of bananas. <laughs> Holy crap! Well, I would that for the bananas and the milk. I think um, you can make a good like uh, banana milkshake with that. You could. That that would be true. Um, sorry, I, I shouldn't say anything else. But anyway, um, all right. So there you go, everyone. There's your challenge. So that and then also the question of the week is: uh, tell us about a popular media thing, movie, book whatever, doesn't matter, that everyone on Earth has read, it feels like, but you have never seen, listened to, watched, or read. There cool. we go. There we go. So that was fun. Yeah, I I'm, agree. I'm glad to help abate some of the squirreliness for you this week. Mm-hmm. I feel I do feel the show's a little bit of an oasis where you get to talk to a person who isn't your wife. <laughs> 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 so that's always good. So it's always a pleasure. And Everyone out there, thank you so much for writing to us. We we so appreciate all your messages. It's uh, always heartening to hear from you. To know that you're out there listening and, and that Ian and I aren't just talking together, although, which is fine, we yep. will do that. nice messages in bottles. <laughs> but yes, it's always nice to have a few to hear from you out there. I know that um, it's it sucks right now, but it feels it feels like we're turning a corner. Yeah, And I don't know if that's just an, an illusion, but it does feel like things are are you know it's going to change i mean i still there's still going to be costs to bear from this experience but i feel like that's something we can do collectively you know worldwide collectively but it'd be nice to go through this with other people around you rather than just by yourself so i feel like we're getting close to that and that's great um here's a here's here's a tip i have if you're reading say government uh information sure and there's there's people commenting underneath yeah if the people commenting yeah. have a laughing emoji, block them. <laughs> block them. Because there's nothing laughing emoji. Unless it's a delightful picture or something, like an actual joke. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, oh, that's a delightful joke. That's yeah. very, very sure, well sure. 
But after someone's giving information about the, you know, the vaccinations are happening and this many people died today, or this many this, and then someone like posts something and there's a laughing emoji mm. or an LOL, uh, then just just block them and your life will be a little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah. A little bit better. They're never going to say anything important that will be worthwhile in their lives. So don't worry about it. Just block. Yeah. I also feel like blocking people who criticize uh, our politicians or medical officers, people who are trying to trying to help as best they can, who are doing something that no one has ever done before. Yeah. On a on a level that has never been imagined before, and then people are complaining about that it's not moving fast enough for them. Like, come yeah, on, everyone, I mean, let's let's be let's be a little patient. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> legit. Absolutely legit. I'm gonna say I'm taking it a little bit further. Sure. I can see how you would disagree with the methods. I can see that. Sure. That's conceivable. I can see how you would be upset about things. That's, that is a thing that's possible. Yeah. And maybe that's not the best thing to post, but, you know, I get it. But that you're laughing <laughs> at the situation. Yeah. Uh, block. Yeah. I don't really – I don't – because I don't – travel those sort of lanes i don't really see that kind of but because i deal with people a lot i do hear those sort of complaints from them and i just i just shake my head because i just feel like you know what no one knows what they're doing no like maybe maybe government should admit that you know it's hard for politicians or ego is larger than than the, the planet but it's you know it's just a fact that they're just trying to like muddle through this huge mess well the problem is if you say as a politician I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. There's someone who is your opposite. That's, <laughs> that's so the problem. I do. And like, they're full of <laughs> shit. But they're going to say they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. This, so you, can't, you, gotta, you can't say You got to play politics. Yeah. It's like it, 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 you can't go to a meeting at your office and go up and go, I don't know. Because someone's <laughs> going, I do. And then, oh, no, no, he doesn't. But, yeah. Now we're, gonna, we're all drinking bleach. Man, I feel like and, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm uh, watching uh, reading Dilbert. Huh. Oh boy. <laughs> Office jokes. Oh boy. Oh Dilbert. Oh you. <laughs> Will you oh, ever win? I got to tell you one more thing before we go. Sorry, this is sure. one last thing. Hit me. Hit me. This is real quick. But last yeah. last week we had this weird anomalous page of comics in the newspaper. Like it was totally different. Like it. They like made the comics smaller. They they squished them together more. They added like three or four strips that are long gone from the from from the page. Like it had Tina's groove. Mm. Like Tina's groove that 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 was retired like five years ago or more or ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, Rena Piccolo stopped doing that, and that had one like Grand Avenue, which has not been in there forever. Okay. It had just a bunch of stuff that it had two Garfields. It had one on either page. Oh, I was like, "What the that f is too many Garfields? <laughs> too too many." And I was like, "This is ridiculous." And I thought, "Is this the new newspaper?" Like, and then it it dropped off Agnes, which I actually kind of enjoy. It's a weird it's a weird strip, but I think it's pretty fun. Sure. And yeah, I was just like, "What happened?" Like, and then the next day, it was all back to normal. It was back just like all not not changed at all. Oh, that is very weird. It was really weird. I don't know what they. I don't know what's going on. Huh. But anyway, that's that's all. That's that's my story, everyone, and I'm sticking to it. Well, this seems like a good time for me to go. Hey, do you like comic strips? <laughs> uh, I, I, I ju- I'm doing one with my wife now. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, there you go. Uh, it's real so good. It's called a Mannequin on the Moon. If you go to Go Comics, uh, you can uh, see them. They're free. 
uh, and uh, and and yeah, we've been there for about a week. And so yeah, it's called Mannequin on the Moon. Go check that out. Cool. Yeah, and if you want to see a, a comic book that that she and I have done, yeah, I can go to our webpage, help as in my webpage with my wife, yeah. hellkitty.com slash as in like slash yeah. uh, super. And it's about a um, hospital that treats uh, uh, people with superpowers, and that's a pay-what-you-want comic. The comic strip is free. Uh, pay-what-you-want comic is uh, healthy.com, and the other one's Go go Comics. And if you want to uh, read a book that uh, David and I did with our friend Nina, uh, there's a, a series of books called Sparks uh, that we did. I say series. There's two of them. There's Sparks and Sparks Double Dog Dare. Those are in uh, your, uh, your bookstores. They're for kids, but I think adults would enjoy them as well. So. So you know, feel free to pick those up. So those are my plugs. Love it, love it. And I think you have one other book that you forgot to mention, a little yeah, one I, called Exorcist. So many things. That's uh, fine. Also, Make sure everyone knows all the stuff you're doing. About uh, two sisters, wink, wink, not really. Uh, <laughs> that will uh, help you out if you accidentally end up selling your soul to the devil. And there are two books in that series. One is called Damned If You Don't, and the other is called Kick Up the Darkness. And I do that with Giselle uh, Legacy. Very uh, proud of that book as well. I get to work with the best people, and I include uh, my co-host in this show, uh, David, in that. Oh, so, gosh. Um, I'm, very, I'm very, very lucky uh, that I get to do all of that. So if you want to check any of that out, please do. Great. Well, thank you for those plugs. Uh, maybe I'll just make a little plug for a little show I like to call Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Mm. Don't know if you heard about it. I do it with my daughter, Mary. We discuss music. And if you like music and people talking about music... And dad's bugging his daughter, and daughter's uh, bugging their dads. Then uh, that's a show for you. Wait a second, Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about this COVID situation. Sure. Um, is uh, is uh, is is anyone in that show uh, vaccinated? <laughs> yes, that one of the co-hosts has been completely vaccinated. She's had both her first shot and her booster shot. Very good. So listen, that's a very safe show to listen to. Very very safe. Safe Did for you me worry as well. About like you know. I don't know. Are the hosts vaccinated in any of these other shows? You don't know. This one, uh, <laughs> at least 50% of the hosts are. Yep, it's true. 5-0%. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think it's time that I went inside the house and went to the bathroom. Me too! <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye! That was a show. Bladders ahoy. I, I just want to hear that it recorded.